genre. My wife and I have retreated to a small cabin in the solitude of these mountains. I believe I have made a significant find in the Kandarian runes, a volume of ancient Sumerian burial practices and funerary incantations. It is entitled Naturan de Manto, roughly translated Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. It deals with demons, demon resurrection and those forces which roam the forest and dark bowers of man's domain. It is through recitation of these passages that the demons are given license to possess the living. It's Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. Today we are continuing our miniseries on the Evil Dead franchise with the medieval slapstick adventure and conclusion of the Ash Williams trilogy, 1993's Army of Darkness. And we have a guest joining us to talk about evil twins, cheesy one-liners, and impossible mechanical hands is film critic Jeremiah Sherman. Welcome. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Of course. Podcast. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So uh, as we like to start all of our, our episodes with, um, talking to our guests about the franchise in question, uh, where do you come at The Evil Dead? What movie did you start with? And... I started with Army of Darkness. Really? Okay. Yeah. So there we go. Um, yeah. I feel like, at least for my generation, a lot of people started with Army of Darkness. Mm-hmm. It was the bigger hit. It was the more mainstream one. Yeah. How old were you? I was probably about 15 or 16. Yeah. Okay. I had to be like, I had to be about 15 or 16 because afterwards I remember calling up my best friend, Mike Croucher, and like, got to watch this. Yeah. And then going over to his house. And I wasn't biking over there. So it had to be, <laughs> okay. had to be at least 16. Okay. Okay. But, um, you know, Army of Darkness and the Evil Dead trilogy was formative to some degree. Because it was the first time that the notion of a director, Mm -hmm. like, the visual aspect of, like, because I've seen movies before and I'd watch movies and I love movies and I did all the trivia and everything. But seeing a Sam Raimi movie and all the camera movements, it's like, oh, yeah, there's a distinctive style that some directors have. Yeah. That was more cognizant to me at that time. Yeah, yeah. Like, between Sam Raimi and, say, Akira Kurosawa, mm-hmm. it's like when I started to realize, like, directors have... There's a di- the notion of a director as a personality. Yeah. And as a person behind the camera became much more real. Than right. Me. Right, because at the time, it was like... Because I think, I think the, the first directors that I was cognizant of were people like Alfred Hitchcock... Tim Burton, Steven Spielberg, but they were all like brands. Right. They weren't, it wasn't about their camera work. The camera work was not the thing that I was recognizing necessarily. Mm -hmm. It was more of like their personality and their. The philosophy they were using or whatever. Yeah. The themes. Right, right. The idea of, I guess, as as when you're growing up and you're realizing, oh, I think I love movies. Mm -hmm. Right. I think I'm obsessed with them or whatever. The idea of following one director's filmography from point A to point C. Right. And growing with them almost like you do a band. Yeah. And appreciating this, you know, this person getting more technically savvy or, you know, when you see a montage and you're like, oh, he's doing that thing. Yeah. And also Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell and Robert Tapert and all that, those, they were Michiganders. Right. They were from the Midwest. Right. So there was also like the first time that me and my friends, 
It was like, oh, hey. Yeah. You can be from here and make movies? Unlike those coastal elites, Kevin Smith. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. And then, like, Kevin Smith was also like another like point in that evolution. Of yes, it, yes. Of like, oh, hey, you can just be a movie lover. You, it's like with Tarantino and stuff. But, you like, don't have to be good at this to do right. it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't. Kevin Smith's credit, he at least acknowledges he wasn't good at this. Yes, 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 absolutely. <laughs> but, yes. Um, but no, like seeing Sam Raimi and everyone do that and having like, Seeing Raimi bring all those people with him, knowing that when I see a Sam Raimi movie, I'm going to see the classic. Yeah. I'm going to see Bruce Campbell. I'm right. going to see Ted. Right. And like seeing all the little Raimi trademarks. And of course, the Raimi, and the fact that he invented a camera. Yeah. It's like you're in on the joke. Right. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, I'm like part of his crew because I get all of the references. Like, mm. you know. And then when he does Spider-Man, you're like, oh my God, Sam Raimi got Spider-Man? He did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, my God, he's even better than I thought he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to, like, yeah, to feel that attachment towards a filmmaker, to where you're, like, you feel pride for them. Right, Mm because he's, like, again, he's from the Midwest. He's one of of us. Yeah, yeah, he's someone that you want to see. And then watching Army of Darkness, it hit me that, you know, these are all very violent movies Mm -hmm. and bloody and feature a lot of death and whatnot, but there's such a joy behind, uh, especially this movie today, That it's like no wonder that so many people in their formative years attach so strongly to this to this this creative team, right? You know, well, because there is very much, as we'll get into, a sort of juvenile aspect on it, right? Mm-hmm. It's much more quotable than any of the others, right? <laughs> yes, yes, for better or worse, <laughs> right? It's uh, yeah, yeah ju- juvenile is a good word. I think like a lot of people find this movie. And we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into it with the two of us, Scott. Like, yeah. When we're still kind of like, like that kind of teenagery age. Right. We're like, right. oh, this is awesome. And not right. like eye rolly. Right. Because like, oh, right. I hadn't seen like, Army of Darkness sits in my soul and in my subconscious. Yeah. As like one of those formative movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then as I grew older. Yeah. I stopped going back to it. Right. Like, after I get out of my 20s, I don't think I went back to it. I, I didn't stop loving Sam Raimi. Right, right. Yeah. I think that that's a pretty natural progression with Army of Darkness for most people. And then there's the people who they don't move on from Army of Darkness. Right. And then you are like, oh, and you are a very specific type of dude. <laughs> um, Isn't that weird? It's almost like bringing it back to music, I guess. Like, when you when there's a band and you can kind of tell, like, I bet I know what your favorite like, if you look at someone, and like, I bet you prefer, like, weird druggy Beatles. <laughs> right, to, right. Like, you know, clean 60s Beatles. Right, you know? right. Yeah. But, yeah, because like, Army of Darkness, like we said, it is very, like, what, what, what do you get out of Army of Darkness when you're, like, in your late 20s or 30s, and you're like, this is actually kind of lame, or, oh, this is the one where it's, it's PG-13, it's kind of goofy. Right. It's not Evil Dead 2. I, I, it's not PG-13. It's rated R. It is oh, rated R. Okay. They wanted a PG-13 yes, movie, they, they, which is insane. Yeah, they wanted a <laughs> PG-13 movie, but, but, and that's why it's so tame. But even uh, as tame as they made it, it's still got a rated, an R rating. What do you – because I think my – to me, the bloodiest moment of this movie – is like when they push that guy down the well yep. right. and that fountain of blood. And that did it. Is that, that that's, that's what did it? it? The pit, yeah, the, the scene in the pit is what gave, it was an NC-17. Yes. Really? 
<laughs> but it was, wow. and I really think, and this is the reason why the MPAA should be shut down and uh-huh. closed forever. Um, but but they came in with expectations, which they're not supposed to do, but they right. always do. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is the third of that series that we've given NC-17s to each one. So I'm going in with the expectation that this is going to be an NC-17 right. that they're going to be forced to mm-hmm. cut down. So... That's where it goes. And I believe it was Universal. Is that Universal Studios? Yeah, it was the Universal. First, they were like, yeah, and this is going to be a PG-13. Like, yeah. are you mad? None of these have been anywhere close to PG-13. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and ultimately for nothing, you know? Right. And that's right. and that's why I, I think the movie is like extremely tame and doesn't really feel like an Evil Dead movie mm-hmm. because of that PG-13 quality that right. it has. It, it's not a unrelenting, yeah. you know, buckets of blood. Well, it's, which is also why, like, as much as I loved Army of Darkness, Evil Dead 2 was my favorite movie of all time. One, mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. of my favorite movies of all time for a while, simply yeah. because it was so yeah. extreme. Yeah. But this one is, when you're at that age, it just hits all the buttons yeah. in a way so few movies yeah. do. Yeah. I do want to say, though, um, and I don't, I don't know if we want to get into like, general thoughts yet, Okay. Uh, but I remembered this being my least favorite one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like the weaker of the three. Yeah. You know, beyond Thunderdome. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The Spider Man 3. Yeah. Spider Man 3. Yeah. You know, and I just had so much fun watching it mm-hmm. this morning. This may have been like the most I've ever enjoyed watching Army of Darkness was today. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like because we built up to it. Yeah. And just really like kind of like, oh my God, I can't believe. Look at what. <laughs> You Look know, what they let him do. Yeah, Look what right. they spent money on. Well, that's really the joy of most Sam Raimi movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I can't believe they gave you money for this. Yeah. yeah. You genius little bastard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so uh, so I guess like, yeah, I, I, I think watching it too, I think this is the most I've enjoyed it in a while. Okay. Um, I will say... Uh, the ending sucks. The theatrical ending is terrible. And well, I prefer it better to what they wanted. Oh, see, I love that. I love uh-huh. that ending so much. Uh, way more. Way, way, way more. I have a take on the ending that I, I'm like, I like it because of this. Uh huh. But a deep in my heart, yeah, I think like the the him just being a dumbass again. Yes, <laughs> and he just cursed. The whole I agree. Thing. Yes. But at the same time, I just love the S March scene. Yeah, for and sure. the fact that he never loads the gun. Oh, and it yeah. managed to fire. Like it was one of the things. Where, like all the plot holes in it. When I was sixteen, I loved. Mm, right. I yeah. loved the fact that the gun managed to just reload itself. Mm-hmm. Like you see him load it once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been thinking about that a lot. This whole series is like, look at what the audience will forgive in terms of physics or believability if it's done with enough like conviction mm-hmm. well, or skill. It, you saw you saw three thousand years, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the even uh, three thousand years of longing, yeah. the George Miller movie that's out right now. They talk about how once you try to start making sense of a fairy tale of a story, once you start mm-hmm. trying to make it real, that's when it crumbles. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not meant to sustain reality. Right. It's meant to live in this like world and be doing a larger thing, like right. pushing a feeling forward. Exactly. So so getting into the background. Uh-huh. Um, the development of this film. Uh, originally, the plan was, um, or, or I guess the want, not the plan. It was never the plan. <laughs> the want was that um, the medieval dead sequence would be the second half of Evil Dead 2. That it would be like the cabin stuff for half of it, of all the stuff of him alone. And then he would get sucked into medieval times and then we would have this big battle and, and the whole thing. 
Um, obviously, they didn't have the budget for that, so then they were like, okay, so we'll, th- so we'll scrap that and we'll bring in the, the archaeologist's daughter and this whole <laughs> other crew and then, mm-hmm. you know, so that it's not just the Bruce Campbell show for 90 minutes. Which is, um, uh, why would you not want it to be the Bruce Campbell show for 90 minutes? <laughs> I, I know, right? <laughs> um, so, uh, so anyway, so they, they set aside the idea and like the concept of, of the Medieval Dead movie was always, you know, what they wanted the third film to be if they ever got to make one. Um, but the success of Evil Dead 2, like just the ridiculous success of Evil Dead 2, everyone who saw it really enjoyed it. It made a lot of money. It, it, it went into the, red, into the red before um, they would even finish shooting it because Dino De Laurentiis is a madman. Right. Um, and uh, uh, As a lot of producers of that time were. Yes, but especially. Um, so, uh, so, so, yeah, so it was really successful. And um, Universal basically courted Sam Raimi to, like, make his first studio picture, which was Darkman. Um, and he made Darkman, and it wasn't... It was, it was like, it was like a really, it was a really big hit, but like Sam didn't have the best time on it because they meddled with it and they took the edit away from him and edited it into something else. Um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that was the movie where they edited a version of Darkman that was terrible and Sam was like, okay. A plus, and then stayed in the edit room all weekend, edited his own version of Darkman, and sent that to the printers without telling anybody. And that is the version that released in theaters. And this is right. why we loved Sam Raimi as a teenager. Is that yes. is sort of like, oh yeah, sure, I'll wear a suit and tie. But yeah. I'm doing this my way. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, so, but he still, it was like, you know, it was a drag and he had wanted, he would wanted Bruce Campbell to play dark man and universal was like, that's hilarious. No, <laughs> um, you know, uh, and so the, the whole thing, but you know, you it was, it ended up being the fifth highest grossing, uh, movie for universal that year. Um, so it was a big hit hmm. and they signed Sam to an overall deal. And part of that overall deal ended up being, Army of Darkness, because they also had, Sam also had a deal with Dino De Laurentiis to make a sequel to Evil Dead 2. So they're like, well, I want to do this big medieval adventure movie as Evil Dead 2. So why don't we combine forces so that I can get a bigger budget? Because Dino was only able to like upfront 8 million. That's like the most he'd always ever spent on a movie. Right. Um, and he was like, that's not enough. I need 12. And then Universal was like, well, if you let us distribute it, we'll give you 11. And then Dino will only have to put up one. And Dino was like, hell yeah. So, um, so, so, so they do that. Now they start, they shoot the movie and, you know, all is well. Um, and they shoot an entire cut of the movie. And then, uh, uh, Dino sues Universal, unrelated to Evil Dead. Which is also something producers did a lot back then. <laughs> yeah. Completely unrelated. Um, he sues Universal because Universal is co-producing a little movie called Silence of the Lambs, and he made a little movie called Manhunter. So in uh. his mind, I own Hannibal Lecter. You right. can't make this movie. Um, and so they shot this movie to be released in the summer of 1992. And it sat on a shelf for a year, completely finished, for a whole year while all of this was going on. Cause they're like, we're not going to release a movie that Dino De Laurentiis uh, produced right. as long as we're like in a legal battle with him. <laughs> um, and so it just sat there and then it eventually um, would get released in February of 1993, which is like not the best time. Um, and the movie didn't make uh, enough money. You know, I think it made, I think it made, it did okay. I think like worldwide, it made like 28 and it cost 12, which is not terrible. Yeah, Like it made a profit. Yeah. 
but it wasn't like a runaway success like Evil right. Dead 2 was in comparison. Um, but during that time of it just sitting on the shelf and everybody just twiddling their thumbs and waiting around, executives changed over in uh. Universal and then they showed them the cut of our Army of Darkness with the original ending and, and everything. And they're like, this, we, well, we have to test it, first of all, because this is a studio picture. So we have, to, we have to test this. We have to do test screenings. And the test screenings were just like, I don't know. It's a sad ending. Like, it's kind of a bummer that like, he doesn't get to go home. And everyone was like, it's called Army of Darkness. <laughs> like, why did you expect there to be a happy ending? Did you see the other two? There's no happy ending there. Right. And probably they didn't. In fact, I bet you they specifically tried to find test People screening like audiences. People like me who hadn't seen the other two. Yeah, who hadn't seen the other ones. So, um, so they made them reshoot the ending. And uh, there's this. it's just this really funny story where they shot the S-Mart stuff and the Bridget Fonda... Uh, uh, remake, like recap at the beginning. Right. They shot all of that because originally the movie just starts with him in chains walking down the desert or whatever. Right. Uh, the desert of obviously California. <laughs> uh, and, and, uh, and then ends with, you know, the original ending. And so they got Bridget Fonda, who I guess was a huge fan of Evil Dead 2 and just wanted to be in the movie. They're like, I, you can, you can play Linda. She doesn't have any dialogue but you can play her and she's like yes anything so <laughs> she's just in the movie because she's like a huge fan of evil dead too wow the third um, linda yeah the third linda <laughs> and uh and so they shot that stuff um which i think works a lot better than evil dead 2 where people watch evil dead 2 and think that he just went back to the cabin um, so can i ask a quick question yes what is the consensus here is evil dead 2 a sequel or a remake? sequel sequel I, I, to me it's a sequel because he doesn't it's the first seven minutes as a recap right. of the first movie. It's, I think it's a sequel, too. I think it's interesting, though, that now, two to one, yeah. uh, Scotty and everyone else has been like a race from existence. Right. <laughs> and it is now... It's, a, it's almost funny if you imagine that Ash just remembers it being him and Linda. <laughs> yes. Because he's such a vain, selfish animal. Yeah. yeah. Yes, absolutely. So, me and my girlfriend are driving just me and her up to this cabin. I don't remember how we found the cabin, but... Yeah, because I just remember that being like the thing, like one of the great debates of is it a sequel or is it a remake? Yeah. Because I remember when I saw the second one mm-hmm. and then I saw the first one, I was like, wait. Yeah. Because I, I went backwards. Yeah, if you go backwards, right. then it definitely seems like it is a remake. <laughs> but 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 yeah, there's literally like the shot that Evil Dead ends on right. comes into Evil Dead 2 like seven minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where Evil Dead 2 starts. It was kind of a weird delight seeing them recreate these iconic moments from the previous two with like a more of a, like a or not more, but like a studio budget. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like that was kind of, it was interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so they shot all of that stuff in like a couple of days, and then they shot that final S-Mart scene. Um, and the S-Mart scene, they shot in a store that was closed for Christmas Eve. They shot it on Christmas Eve. <laughs> and they literally, the, all of the actors that are involved in it, obviously Ted Raimi notwithstanding, the other, the other two actresses, the dead-eyed actress and the actress who plays like the babe or whatever, mm-hmm. the S-Mart girl, um, she, uh, they were basically just like the only actors who were in L.A. for Christmas. <laughs> and so... It's just sad because apparently I did some reading and Charles Napier was supposed to be in that scene. Oh, really? And Charles Napier, for those who don't know, if you've never seen the uh, Return of the Incredible Hulk TV movie, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> he's the uh, Cajun Navy SEAL or whatever. Oh, yeah, but yeah, he's yeah. Also, he's been on a lot of Les Maya movies too, but he's also like a 
one of those B budget character actors. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, oh, that would have been nice to see Charles Napier pop up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess that just goes to show why you don't ever leave town for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. right. You never know. <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, she was like talking the joke, like making the joke about it, and she was just like, I I I just happened to not leave town because I was new to L.A. And I was like, well, I'm not going to like just I'm not, I can't afford to go home. So I'm right. just going to stay. And I got this gig. And now I get residuals for Army of Darkness forever. And it's the <laughs> most residuals that I get. <laughs> like, period. Like on any other project. Because of how many iterations, like it keeps getting released on right. DVD yeah, yeah. and whatever. And so she just is like, every time it gets released, I get another like huge residual check. Well, and also, and this is slightly off topic, but. This is part of the thing people don't understand about streaming, and part of the damage it does yeah. is to most of the profits actors make are residuals. Yes, part of the uh, Sydney Sweeney, the uh, she does Euphoria. I haven't right. watched it, but like there was an article that came out about how she yeah was. she she mentioned that she and she was like a it was like a feature like a magazine feature, and she made this observation that she wants to be a young mother. That was like a goal. She's like, I want to be a young mo- a young mom, but she was looking at her finances and she was like oh my god i can't afford to take nine months off of work mm-hmm. and a lot of people are like what but she lives in a 3.5 million dollar home she's on hbo and if you follow her on instagram she's constantly doing like sponsored content right mm. and it's because you can kind of tell famous people that don't have to do that right and First, also like as we've seen with hbo just because you have something on hbo a doesn't mean it's going to be there for too long right right <laughs> Like, and B, good luck getting paid. Yeah. Yeah. Like HBO is, I mean, Euphoria isn't playing on the Superstation every Sunday for like 15 years. Right. 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 And so it's like, yeah, actors are having to recalibrate how to, yeah, because they can't count on like the windfall of residuals anymore. Or even like, oh, I got in a sitcom. Now it's going to be in syndication. Like I've got it made. It's like right. the hustle kind of never stops right. anymore, potentially. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they re- they shot that on Christmas Eve and the movie came out in February. So it was a real like uh, a Marvel <laughs> reshooting schedule. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and yeah, the movie's released and a lot of people, it's their first movie and, or, you know, it's their first Evil Dead movie and they eventually they go back and watch the other ones. But, uh, yeah, big on HBO, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, all the time. HBO, y- TBS, yeah. TNT. Yeah, yeah. Big. It aired a lot on TV. Like, it's rated R, but it's not rated R enough to where you have to edit it too much for TV. Kind of yeah. like The Matrix. Right. Yeah. So if you're a kid finding it on TV, you're not getting that different of an experience. Right. right. It's not Yippee-Ki-Yay, Mr. Falco. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or uh, like Reservoir Dogs. I'm trying to watch that. I'm like, <laughs> What does that even sound like on TV? Right? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's a silent film. <laughs> they just put up like placards every every <laughs> every um, five seconds. How uh, I would I would kill to see a Tarantino silent film. <laughs> sure, man. Yeah, just just buckle it. The kneecap, <laughs> his greatest skill. <laughs> um, how long did the title Medieval Dead last? Um, not long because Universal hated it. Okay. Uh, and I loved it. I, yeah, I know it's great. It's it's a great title, but but the problem <laughs> is it suggests that it's a sequel, and Universal did not want them to suggest it was a sequel. They wanted it to stand on its own. 
Which um, kind of mission accomplished? Kind of, but like, <laughs> but, and, and, and yeah, and it definitely, like, like Jeremiah said, a lot of people watch this the first, this is the first one that they watch. And I guess like when you're younger, you're not bothered by the fact of like, what is all of this stuff with the cabin and the, like. Which is also kind of like, like I said, that was formative in the fact that even to this day, I'm fine with coming in in the middle. Sure. Right. I don't sure. need to watch things in order. Yeah. I can figure it out for myself. Yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. channel surfing, you could easily never see that part. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. And, like, this <laughs> does by far, before Spider-Man, I think this singular movie definitely had left the biggest pop cult, mark in pop culture of any Sam Raimi project. Yep. Like, you know, we brought up, we, we mentioned, like, the Duke Nukem, like, legacy and, like, the boomstick. Yeah. And, like, the skeletons. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, I bet there are kids who never even have heard of Jason and the Argonauts. Right. And they just equate skeletons the with The boomstick movie. monologue. Yeah. Is the thing that made me a Sam Raimi fanatic. Sure. <laughs> sure. Primitive screw heads. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic insult. Um, yeah. Yeah, pretty much almost almost every line Campbell has in this is quotable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And to the point where they've become these sort of like iconic things where like literally like there's video games named after it. There's like Evil Dead, colon, Hail to the King. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, <laughs> Evil Dead, F- Fistful of Boomstick, you know, like yeah. stuff like that. Um, and yeah, it all becomes very, very quotable. But I will say this is, this, this, this one, I, you know, Ash, I think goes too far. I think he's at his perfect place in the second one. Where he's just sort of like a himbo. He can be a douchebag sometimes, but like he he also is is just like trying to survive. Whereas this one, he's just such an ass. He's such a prick to everyone. Right. That like that's why I think I prefer the original ending. Of uh, for those of you for those of you who don't let's walk through that original ending because like for those of you who might not know. This the movie the theatrical cut ends with him and Smart blowing away a dead eye saying hail to the king baby and then kissing kissing the girl and and the credits um collecting more w's in a minute than yes. he has in like the previous <laughs> yes 100% <laughs> but then so the original cut um he is uh given a a vial with a liquid that um for each drop he takes he will sleep for 100 years um, and that's how he is going to get back to his his time. And he's like, but remember, don't take any more or less than what you're supposed to. Well, I guess you could take less because you could just take a drop and go back but to sleep. But then he also has to say the three words. But he has to say the three words. and the, Yeah. So so he he goes and he gets distracted while doing the drops and counts one drop twice. And then when he gets out of the cave 700 years later, it's the post-apocalypse. And he's like, oh, no, I slept too long. And it's like like another ending like the end of Evil Dead 2 where you're just like, holy shit, this fucking guy <laughs> <laughs> just one can't win for losing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I love that. I love that. I mean, you know? get a gorgeous like matte painting of yeah. the post-apocalypse. And I think that's why I like that one because I'm like, he doesn't deserve a happy ending. He's such a douchebag. <laughs> I agree um, to some degree. Like, I just love... Ted Raimi going, did you say the words right this time? Yeah. <laughs> it's Basically, that, just yeah, every little... Yeah, I love again. that. Because <laughs> it's not that he doesn't believe him. He's just, like, bored. Yeah. Right, because he still has the hand. Right. Oh, right. yeah, that's true. The absolutely impossible mechanical mm-hmm. hand. And yet everyone just acts as if he's like, oh, there's Ash again, telling his story. So it's like, but he has the hand. He has a prosthetic hand that literally the technology does not exist in modern day for. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> he has yeah. it. 
and we'll and we'll get we'll get into the the mechanical hand montage for yeah. sure. But yeah. I would like to pose kind of a thought that I had watching this as a trilogy. Yes, you know, the Ash Williams trilogy. I think I can kind of understand why this is such a beloved character for so many people mm-hmm. because it's like if you look at his journey from Evil Dead to Army of Darkness, mm-hmm. it is the story of a really kind of like introverted, awkward, like dorky kind of character getting thrown through like the absolute ringer mm-hmm. and getting his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. And then when we see him in part three, he has become this like alpha, hyper competent, like, like uh, uh, catchphrase dropping like hero, right. definitive action hero. Right. Like he becomes a 90s action hero by the yeah. time of the 90s. And yeah. I kind of dug that journey and it's kind of like you can kind of imagine if you had gone through what this character had gone through you would come out the other side being like you know flipping shotguns and stuff yeah so but yeah you're right he is he is very much like he becomes a, a dick in this one yeah compared to like the first one where he's kind of like a sensitive nice yeah guy i mean well, he's literally the final girl in the first one right you know? yeah, yeah yeah um honestly during the pit scene yeah. I was like, you know, I never realized just how much like Jack Burton you are. In this oh, place. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This owes a lot to Jack Burton, I think. Um, Ash Williams. I think, I think Ash Williams, I, you know, I hate to say this, but I do think it perfects that character. Um, <laughs> in terms of like, I, I, cause that one, that character, by not being the lead, I think a lot of people watching that movie get very confused <laughs> <laughs> about what that mo- movie is trying to say. Right. Um, uh, but whereas, like, this one, it's crystal clear. I was like, this guy's an idiot, but he's our idiot, you know? <laughs> someone on, uh, I-, I was scrolling through Letterboxd today, and someone said that uh, someone compared Bruce Campbell to Johnny Knoxville. Sure. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Because of all the beatings he takes. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is something that is maybe something Ash has up on Jack Burton is that that movie really doesn't kick Jack's ass the way that these movies – literally, you're watching Bruce Campbell just get thrown through a window well, That's and because stuff. Sam Amy likes beating the crap out of Bruce Campbell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and then going like, back, is, hmm? No, and then going back to your feeling of like you really feel connected. Right. You feel like you're watching a friend – Beat up his other his best friend. Yeah, because well, there's a moment early on when he's like being drugged into um, the castle area, like at the very beginning, mm-hmm. and the kids are just poking him. Yeah, for no reason, they're just feeding the crap out of him. Yes, it's like you know, just Sam Raimi's like, go, go poke Bruce. Because yeah. Bruce does not look like this is <laughs> <No. laughs> There, there were there were moments that were um, that never shot that Sam wanted to do. There was a there was a scene where in the final battle, Ash. Um, they, they can't, nobody can find Ash and they end up finding him in a closet, like hiding. Um, <laughs> and there's, and there's another bit where like he walks out to the army of the dead with all of the kids and they're, they're like holding flowers and stuff. And they're like, it's a peace offering. We don't want a battle. And then when the, when they turn on them, inevitably <laughs> Ash runs back inside, locking the kids outside <laughs> with, <laughs> with the army of the dead. <laughs> Okay, I really want that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was just like continuously like uh, uh, Bruce Campbell just like trying to talk Sam out of making Ash look like so much like a cowardly idiot. <laughs> um, this might be one of the times the director should have been listened to. Okay? Yeah, maybe. But the, but there is this really fun story going back to what you were ta- guys were talking about about being just like abusive to Bruce Campbell. <laughs> and there's this really funny story where. Um, one of the uh, one of the like special effects guys was on set for something, and I think it was the scene in the um, uh, the windmill, and he's he's in that scene, and he just goes he goes uh, he leans over to him and he's like because like okay so 
I guess I gotta, I gotta go back a little bit. Sam's strategy back then, even like pre digital was to just roll and then just do take, 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 take without stopping. Because he's like, every time you say cut and the camera stops, it's minimum 25 minutes before you get to do another take. Right. Because everybody's running around, cleaning up makeup and all this. He's like, I just didn't want to be bothered with that. So I would just run. And I would just make everybody do it again and Which again Which also explains and again. why he's a better editor as is on his own movies, because he knows what to cut. Yes, that's true. That's true. Um, so, so he's doing one of those sessions where he's just running and running and running. And one of the things that he would do would be he would just like, okay, now try this. Okay, now try this. You know? um, and, and he was like, now say this. And he would say it. And then Bruce would like listen and then repeat what he said. And then he's like, okay, now do, th- do it this way. And so in one of these sessions in the windmill, the special effects guy is next to him. He's like, hey. Watch this. Bruce, I can make Bruce do anything. And so then he just goes, he goes, uh, uh, hey, buddy, uh, now uh, c- 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 uh, flap your wings like a chicken. And he just starts doing it. And he's like, and now, now cluck. And he just starts clucking and flapping. He's like, now uh, spin around in a circle like one of your feet is, c- is, is stuck to the ground. And so he just spins around in a circle. He's like, now do all three at once. And he just did it. And, and he's just like, see? This is it's 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 great to be the king. I, I think it's what he told the guy. Because <laughs> like from his perspective, it's like, well, that's not much crazier than what I've actually been doing for the movie. But yeah. I mean, honestly, you're telling me this. I'm like, is that that basically what happens in this scene? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, he might have used parts of it. Who knows? Oh uh, yeah. Oh uh, man, yeah. We'll talk about the windmill scene for sure. Yeah, we we talked about the beginning a little bit, but this is interesting because like. Going back to the, is this a remake or are these remakes or sequels? Yeah. Um, kind of a different reality when Ash first arrives in medieval times. Yeah, but, but it just like the recap portions, mm-hmm. if you look back at Evil Dead 2 and the ending of Evil Dead 2, the Army of Darkness ending of Evil Dead 2, it almost works like a recap of Army of Darkness if you never watch it because all of the things that happen – do happen no, over the course of Army of Darkness, <laughs> but it's over the course of the entirety of the movie instead of all in one scene. Right. Um, like the, the, the winged thing and then shooting the thing and then... He's the uh, king. And then he's the... <laughs> ash, Ash, Ash. Like that all... all it like, does have just not all at once. Oh, not all at once. Right. Yeah. So it is, it is kind of interesting that it still works as like a recap of a movie that hasn't been made yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also really love the Scooby-Doo style uh, credits. Yes. The way the smoke and everything. It's like, I don't know why. I just yeah. love it when credits have fun. <laughs> you know, I prefer as much as Medieval Dead was a cool title, at Bruce Campbell versus Army of Darkness. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. It is pretty cool. I don't think we do that enough these it's, days. I forget. Was Deadites mentioned in the last one? Or were they just I Medieval Dead? No, I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I think this is the first time Deadite was which is yeah. weird. Could like was it like a zombie? Like they couldn't say the word zombie. Like was it a copyright issue? I don't know. Or but Evil Dead. Well, because they're not zombies. They're possessed right. by demons. You know. So like that's a different. It's a different lane. I think they say it at the very end of two. Do they? Okay. Like, he killed the deadite. Okay. Oh. Oh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're okay. right. But same era. So yeah. Like, right. there, there's never a part in the in the cabin where like the recording is like we call them deadites. Or whatever. But that's a good. That's a good indication of how Army of Darkness sort of begat the fandom of Evil Dead. Because, like, I think without Army of Darkness, I don't think the Evil Dead movies are as huge as they are. Oh, no. In in horror fandom. Mm. I think this one sets up, like, you know, Ash being with all the cheesy one-liners and and things like like calling out deadites and 
all of that terminology all comes from this movie. Yeah. You know? No, yeah, you're yeah. right. So. It got into my hand and went bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we get, so he gets captured. There's like two opposing sides. You have King Richard. Mm-hmm. Arthur? Because hmm? you have Arthur and you have Henry yes. the Red. Yeah, Arthur is like... The that's who captures. I, they think Ash is with King Henry's men. Okay. Right. Um. They take him into town. I think, you know, these kinds of things change. But today, recording this, I think my favorite line reading of all time is when they're getting ready to throw Ash into the pit, and he's like, "Hey, look, I never even saw these assholes." Before. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love that. It, it's almost like for a split second, Bruce Campbell becomes Jay from the Jay and Silent Bob movies. <laughs> yeah. Like it's that kind of line reading. <laughs> He's like, I don't even know this asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a big reason too. It's like that's such a human thing. Right. Yeah. Like, like you really adhere to I'm not with these guys. Yeah. yeah. You can't don't put don't put that stuff on me. But <laughs> yeah, no. Um I really enjoy like that whole opening. Yeah. It's just so good. Yeah. It's so good because it almost like does a really good job of recapping and moving on at once. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is something we've we've gotten away from. <laughs> I right, I also right. just love that every Linda has gotten their uh, scream as the camera smashes through a window into them. <laughs> yeah. um, that's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but also just the Raimi cam from almost to get from the jump makes an appearance. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, a pox on you. Yeah, like all the little like with like combine that and Romeo and Juliet, and that is the reason why me and my friends use that as an insult. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Uh, I love the old woman just like munching on bread. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, good. fresh bread too. It looked right, it looked yeah, like it was yeah. just made. It's... Arthur's place is doing pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> this kind of I don't I don't know where any of these people live. That's right. there's no houses anywhere. <laughs> like it looks like they went to a medieval land. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> also, because they like you mentioned, Scott, they are in like the deserts of California. Mm-hmm. There's always been something kind of like dreamlike about this movie's medieval like i don't even think of it like king you know kid and king arthur's court yeah right like there's no grass anywhere well we were desolate we were talking about this in the this is exactly what i was talking about when i was talking about this when we watched timeline for franchise potential for the patreon um is that that sort of like that element of when people try to make something set in medieval times but they don't have the budget to like really do it up mm-hmm. and they inadvertently make it more realistic <laughs> to like how how medieval right. castles actually were because everyone was smaller and so everything just feels cheaper and not how people would imagine it would be but it's actually more realistic like if right, you actually go to those castles an abstract yes thing to army of darkness in which nothing feels lived in and yet it, everything feels dirty yes. and cheap and weirdly lived in yes yes <laughs> absolutely uh, there's something kind of, uh, I got big, like rancor pit vibes totally from, oh, yeah. you know, like, you know, he gets thrown into a thing. Um, that's, that was a dead eyed, right? That woman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's, yeah, that's one. Okay. She was added in later, if I remember correctly. Uh, no, she was not the witch later, okay. um, was added. That was, well, we'll get there. I'll talk about that when we get okay. to that point, but yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it's kind of seeing like how 
good he's got at fighting deadites. Well, yeah, it's said. a K-style match, one of my favorites. Right. <laughs> you get, like, the spike walls closing in. I wish okay. somebody had shouted, The cage! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, that would have been good. <laughs> proto. Yeah, like another calling for him. Yeah. <laughs> I got you for three minutes. <laughs> You're going nowhere. <laughs> and then I love the second thing coming out. Of, like, the mud wall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One wasn't enough. That one was fun because um, originally there was only supposed to be the one deadite down there. Mm -hmm. And they designed this uh, troll thing for fun. And they just, like, they didn't make it for the movie. They just wanted to scare Sam. Right. uh, One day. And so Sam came by and they scared the shit out of him (laughs) with this thing. And they're just like, he was like, if that scares me, it's going in the movie. And then, like, they just added it to the movie because they scared the shit out of Sam Raimi. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And it going, you know, what you said, like, about how it looking so shabby that it becomes real, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so in this scene alone, you have the secret, the, bo- the bonus dead eyed bursting out of the mud. You have the Merlin wizard guy. Like, Ian Abercrombie, the wise man. Ian Abercrombie, yes, yeah. that's right. Being like new person, what does he call him? Like new one, yeah, strange one, strange one. And he yes. like drops the axe and he jumps up and it just clicks into place like perfectly. It's the, that kind of gleeful abandon of like physics. Amakami mm-hmm. has a really great scene. I forget where, like, if it's after Ash gets out of the pit or like when they have the first incident with the uh dead eye who knocks over the boiling cauldron of water. But after Ash beats one of the demons, Amokami just sort of like yes, slides, exactly what, yeah, 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 <laughs> slides like, into his mic yeah. and just like almost as if he's kicking away the deadite. And I was like, I love that. I love the fact that there's a, the way that came is set up. It's like you just have to get in there. You just yeah. have to walk to your mark and start talking. <laughs> um, also uh, worth pointing out, um, Sheila in this moment, yes. who immediately is just like told like uh she's like where's my brother and she's like oh he died before the movie even started like he's not a real character sorry poor Beth davids uh, it's a cool like callback to evil dead 2 where a future ally of ash's first thinks that ash killed a loved one yes. and just starts beating the shit out of him yes absolutely yeah and beth davids uh it it they basically tried they set her up for so much success to get this role because she really wanted it um she wanted to work with sam Raimi, and uh they all really wanted to cast her and so they were like okay so here's what we're gonna do we're gonna trick dino into casting her because she's not the kind of girl that he normally normally puts in his movies so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have her audition, do a screen test, and then we're going to just bring in the worst actresses we can find. Oh, my gosh. Um, just the worst actresses. There's so many ways this can go wrong. Yep, and it did because <laughs> they brought in they, – they, so, so they end up bringing in this one woman. They didn't name her, but they were like, yeah, she sounded like this and she talked like this, mm-hmm. but she had like – she. they were like, but she was very, you know, well, in, well endowed. Right. Yeah. The Dino De Laurentiis style. Yeah, and Dino was like, I don't know. I like this girl. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> and they're just like, God damn it. No, Dino, no. That's like a Curb Your Enthusiasm <laughs> plot. Yes. Um, and so they eventually – they had to like – they're like, yeah, we had to film a, a screen test with Ambeth Davids and just like – they're like, look – we just have to sell you to Dino. It's not going to be like this in the actual movie. 
we just we gotta get like your we gotta get bosoms and curves and we just we have to you, like you gotta understand what Dino sees yes and it's not the talent yes and and so they they had to do a screen test where she was just bimboed out <laughs> and then he was like oh yeah okay yeah she looked like a movie star you know and then and then that right. was it <laughs> yeah it's um how the wheels of Hollywood turn uh huh <laughs> this is also this is so, oh, such an interesting franchise for. Like, in terms of like, there is no, there's no love interest. Yeah. Like, how uninterested. And I think this has a lot to do with like, cause I've like made stuff with my friends before. Mm-hmm. Like I've only, I'm all, I've only made stuff with like friends and stuff in backyards and whatnot. Yeah. And so if I'm making something, I don't, maybe this is my brain, but it's like, I don't want to write my friend like making out with someone. Sure. Like, I sure. Wanna, I don't want to have them be like, no, I want to write, if I'm writing a movie, my friend's going to like get thrown through a window. He's going to have to punch himself in the face. <laughs> yes. And so it's cool. It's weird. It's interesting seeing how uninterested this trilogy is with like giving Ash, like, you know, an Ash girl. Yeah. Right. All of the sexually explicit moments in, in these movies, um, the, the, the tree scene in the first one, notwithstanding, um, are all like, a, like very asexual like they just feel there's a clinicalness about them yes where they just there's nothing like sultry about them like it's just sort of like and then i guess we do this i don't know the, well, oh, no, please. Yeah. well army of darkness uh, towards the end when they do have that one scene with the skeletons it yeah. feels much more like something out of a cover for a dino de la winter's movie yeah like yeah. something out of maybe um uh, what's the artist's name? Franz Facetti. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah. they have that Franz Facetti style poster for right. this—the one, the very deadly serious one, where his gun, his shotgun and his chainsaw are both in the air, and he's like ripped, yeah, um, and shirtless. And that's because it's so funny because like that is kind of arch, yeah, and kind of tongue in cheek. But I think that was completely lost on the kids. Oh yeah, yeah. And like that is an iconic poster. Well, right. it's also like it still feel like compared to like how movies are now, mm-hmm. especially like big budget movies, it still feels more, even though that is arch. Yeah. More sexual than even when movies try to be now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then the um, but then the other poster though, the one that I I more associate with the movie, mm-hmm. which is the the sort of like Star Wars inspired poster where he's like on the on top of his car and she's like at his leg. Yeah, yeah. He has that little smoke on his face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That one. That one balances. I think that's what I'm thinking of. That that's the balance. Yeah. So let me. No, that's one that he's talking about is almost like a Conan the Barbarian one. Uh, yeah, it's okay. it's ridiculous here. Let like me, I have never seen around. that before until I started doing research for the podcast. Yeah, listeners, he's he's turning his device. Sitting at me now. I'm looking at it. Oh, I've never seen that before in my life. Right. That oh, that kind of <laughs> looks. That looks like the Masters of the Universe. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not even seeing a lot of Campbell face in that. Yeah, I don't like that. I'm glad you showed me that because I was defending something I didn't like. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I don't like it. Yeah, it takes <laughs> itself very seriously. And to defend uh, asshole Ash, because mm-hmm. he, he comes out of the pit and he's just like bullying everyone. <laughs> to be fair, they did throw him into a pit. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's kind of like audiences, they kind of like, yeah, tell him Ash. Right. Tell those jerks. They almost threw you in a pit, but you're the hero. You know, I will say, I will say one thing. I do want to, I do just want to mention this with Beth Davis and maybe I'm, maybe I'm just like dumb. I don't know, <laughs> but never, never once did I ever connect that that was Miss Honey. 
Whoa! Are you my, kidding me? No. My entire life. It's called being an actor. Sometimes that happens. That's Miss Honey from Matilda. <laughs> That's Miss Honey from Matilda. And and to blow your mind further, Mary Parker in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Whoa! <laughs> yes. Wait, I did not know that. Yes. What? Yes. <laughs> That's crazy. So, so not only, not only, that's two levels because that's what happened to my brain was I was like, that's Miss Honey. And I was like, Miss Honey is May Parker Parker? or is Mary Parker. She is Mary Parker (laughs) and Miss Honey. Like, I was like, what? What a, that's so crazy. Yeah. Uh, She was also just in a really good, uh, that Zoe Deutsch movie, Not Okay. Was that? Oh, she was was really good. Yeah, Yeah. She's like, she's, she's her mom. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was um, watching a video. I was like, that, that was Miss Honey. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So I'm destined to never remember. That's so crazy. She also just doesn't look anything like herself. Right. It's mm-hmm. the one thing where she's, a, she's one of those actors that does a very good job of transforming herself just mm-hmm. by coloring her hair. Yeah. yeah. Also mind-boggling was that <laughs> and Bruce Campbell, I guess this is like an ongoing joke that he makes on all of his like you know live shows that yeah. he's like his conversations or whatever at cons. And he's just like, yeah, you know, uh, she hadn't done a lot of work before us. And, uh, you know, we really, we really trained her how to be an actress on Army of Darkness so that she could go on to her next movie, Schindler's List. It's <laughs> 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 just like, can you imagine going from Army of Darkness to Schindler's List? One of my favorite evolutions is Janice Kaminsky, mm-hmm. the cinematographer of Schindler's mm-hmm. List. Yeah. Two movies prior did Vanilla Ice. Wow. <laughs> the Vanilla Ice movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Cool as ice, yeah. right? Yeah. God, is that where he's like... Like two to three movies at that Schindler's List. I'm like, that. that is a major leap, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think kids realize just how much crap still, still used to come out. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the amount of crap that... People don't understand how many movies there are. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> well, and so, so um, this was an early, uh, an early shoot for Bill Pope. Right. Um, right, legendary yeah. DP, mm-hmm. and uh, and and I think I, I don't remember if he did Dark Man. No, he did not do Dark Man. So this is his first collaboration with Sam Raimi. Yeah, he um, does almost every other Sam Raimi movie after, right? Uh, it's a mixed bag. Right. It's very much a mixed. Bag. I don't think he worked with him again until uh, Spider Man Two. Wow. Um, and then yeah, that's like after like he started doing like the big budget stuff. Yeah, he was doing the Matrix and all that stuff. Um, but uh, uh, but on this, when he got the job, because this was like again very early in his career, so this wasn't a like oh I'll hire Bill Pope. This mm-hmm. is like who am I interviewing? Okay, whatever. So he he makes Bill Pope wait in an office <laughs> for a really long time. <laughs> And then he just comes storming in, and he's like, okay, the one thing that you need to know about me is I know where the camera goes, and I know where the lighting goes, and I know where the gels go, and I'm going to tell you what the what those are every step of the way. Are you going to have a problem with that? And Bill Pope was like, I mean, no, that's just that, that'll just be like where I start my job. And he's like, okay, so I don't actually know any of those things, but you're hired. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> I just wanted to know if I could push you around. <laughs> You have to remember, this is a man who had to fire his entire crew yes, a movie uh, ago. Yes, a movie ago. Yes, absolutely. Well, it's also weird, like, he doesn't know all that because he's one of the most, not, like, again, he created a camera. Yeah, no, I mean, I think he knows where he wants the camera. I mean, they talk about the storyboarding process being, like, it's a one-to-one. Like, there right. are no changes, mm-hmm. no shifts from the storyboards. But I think things like lighting and stuff like that, he could care less about. He might have a specific idea, but he probably doesn't know necessarily how to execute yeah, it. because lighting's a dark alchemy. Yes. Not, not to get too off topic, but <laughs> I've, been, uh, I've been watching this, like, Disney Plus documentary series called Light and Magic. Is that about the George Lucas? Yeah, like yeah. the history of ILM and, like, you know, 
And um, it's I love it whenever they cut back to George Lucas and he's like, I don't I don't know how any of this works. <laughs> <laughs> he just well, I walk into a room and I'm like, I want it to look like this. And then he'll come back like six weeks later and they're like, well, George, we invented this kind of camera. And he's like, cool. Well, um, <laughs> does it, does it do what I asked? Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you got the assignment done, right? Yeah. So what do we, what do we have for? Um, there's a director, Nicholas Ray. Yeah. Who did, um, Rebel Without, Rebel Without a Cause and Johnny Guitar and some others. Mm-hmm. He has a book called I Was Sorry I Was Interrupted. Mm-hmm. And he, t- he basically follows him as he does a film class. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Understand that the majority of people who make movies don't know the terms parallel editing uh-huh. or intercut. Mm-hmm. They just know how it's done. Yes. Like knowing that word doesn't mean you're a good editor. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it's the act of doing it. Right. Yeah, and also, so. but like I was watching behind the scenes of uh, how filming of Army of Darkness and there was an outside door, outside thing by the castle. Campbell's on like a platform or something and they have these three or four massive aluminum foil. Mm-hmm. Things for the lighting, mm-hmm. and I'm like, it's just natural light. But why do you need all? <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. right. Uh, the alchemy, like you said, right. Again, the dark alchemy of lighting. It doesn't make sense. Every time I see something, I'm like, I don't understand how you do it. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like lighting is so bizarre. I've never been able to wrap my head around. Well, it. that and also like like it speaks to why so many movies are badly lit now. Very true. Very true. Well, and I also just think a lot of directors don't have a perspective on the lighting. Right. You know? They're like, how do you want this scene lit? lit? And they're like, I don't know. I want to be able to see everybody. (laughs) I think that's why you hear directors like Ridley Scott or whatever say that like if you want to, you know, go take a painting class. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, start to develop an opinion, develop a taste and like Mm -hmm. how light reflects off of an object and stuff like that. Right. Well, you remember Enrique from Arclight, the Union Projections? <laughs> sure. Back we had the one of the. I'm home. sure everyone at home does as well. <laughs> <laughs> Enrique is awesome for those of you at home who don't know. <laughs> but we had the Agent World Film Festival. Uh-huh. And one of the people came in with the DCP. Yeah. And it's like, hey, I shot this on Desert at Night. We didn't get a chance to get enough light on it. Could you fix that? And Enrique's like, no, <laughs> you've already done the pose. That's your job. Yeah, I am merely the projectionist. Yeah. Yes, what you get, like I, a lot of directors, don't realize that that we can't magically fix that. Yeah. yeah, we can turn the the bulb up at a hundred percent. Right, but if it's dark, yeah. it's just going to be dark. Yeah, brighter. are you going to go in and put my name in the credits for doing that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, so so ashes. I, I thought so. He's in the he's in like the throne room or whatever. And it's just—it suddenly hit me because he's being fed grapes. He's like being fawned on by these like right. chambermaids or court maidens or whatever. Yeah. And it's like this is so therapeutic. It, watching this, knowing that it's been like seventy-two hours. Yes, very true. <laughs> I did like the added detail that they were they were seeded seeded grapes because they wouldn't have seedless right. grapes. Mm-hmm. They're just yeah. spitting out seeds <laughs> in addition to being. Ridiculous. Yeah. The, the comic mileage we used to get out of seeded grapes that we don't have anymore. That's true. <laughs> or mach- spitting out watermelon seeds like machine gun right. bullets. Yeah. Oh, man. And like Ash is burping. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is weird because like, you know, we live in like, you know, superhero land now. And like, a, you know, a director like Sam Raimi who's like, no, I like making my heroes look like dumbasses. Right. Yeah. And pummeling them. Right. And like, I can't even, I can't imagine Tony Stark like burping. Right. I, I think, you know, again, I think I'm going to make this comparison a lot, but I, I really do feel like it's a one-to-one between Army of Darkness and Spider-Man 3, mm-hmm. especially considering they're both written by Sam and Ivan Raimi. Right. right. Um, and 
And, you know, you have this buffoon <laughs> hero, right, who's just acting like a complete jackass and then flash to Spider-Man 3. And that's what they're trying to execute with Tobey Maguire <laughs> in that movie, but sort of failing at it because I don't think Tobey is capable of reaching these heights. Mm-hmm. Right. Of of like I don't care like you know right, like I'll like, do whatever you tell me to do like he's one of those actors that doesn't have like being a buffoon yeah is a talent yes yes like yes. Seth MacFarlane is a brilliant buffoon yes he's too earnest of an actor to yeah. be able to hit this level but I think this is what they were trying to do this was yeah, like yeah. they were trying to turn him into Ash Williams because mm-hmm. of the black suit you know and I think like kids in the two thousands were just like wait. Like, what is this? What is this? Yeah. Kids. Like, Honestly, I loved it, but sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love Spider Man. I I will say this. I think I like Spider Man three more than I like Army of Darkness. So I can say that. Yeah. I don't. It's been a long time since I've seen Spider Man three, so I wouldn't be able to make that comparison. Sure. But I can absolutely see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Probably so, much more like as much more fleshed out characters. That's very true. <laughs> yes. So we get. Uh, the, you know the the woman turns into a deadite. Mm-hmm. We get hey she bitch let's go. Yep. <laughs> That's one of those things where I I uh, I, I look back on now. Um, I look back on that scene and my dad's high pitched laughter <laughs> at that line, and I'm just like, oh, I guess I can see why you would become a Trump supporter. <laughs> like, I guess, <laughs> I guess in retrospect, it makes a lot of sense. It's all there. Yeah, I was shocked to find out how much I just gag, wheezed, laugh. Yeah. Still watching this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, but like, but you, it is this moment where like he kills the dead eye. It's, and he's like, he's doing this like, like he's like out of breath and he's tortured. He's like, he's like lowering, shaking, his, like, shaking, like, shutting, shutting, like, a, like yeah. a samurai sword. And yeah, like Ian Abercrombie just like steps into frame. Like, <laughs> we have to stop the dead eyes before the, <laughs> yes. So, I have to continue my exposition. I was interrupted. So that scene, um, was originally a much more elaborate scene oh. in, in the script. It was going to be, um, they were going to be in this big, open area where they went to go they went to go talk to the witch mm-hmm. um because the witch like knows about the necronomicon and where to find it and how to stop the deadites etc mm-hmm. etc et so they go on this little journey there wow. um or ian abercrombie was going to lead them there big open area with all these columns she gets possessed and attacks the group and it was going to be the sort of like brutal evil dead scene. Okay. But it was it was like she was going to be flying around, knocking columns down on people. And like they made the miniature set that they were going to use for plates and everything. Oh, wow. And then um, Sam just came in and were like, it was like, I think we're going to cut this scene because we can use this money in better places elsewhere, you know. And uh, and they were like, oh, like like the special effects guys were like really sad. It's K and B again. They came back for this, and uh, they were like really upset about it. But then they edit the movie without the witch scene, and they're like, I'm only missing that witch scene. <laughs> it's like, can we like do something? Like, I think we need something because people were watching it and they were like, how is this an Evil Dead sequel? There's no deadites in it. Oh yeah, and they're like, oh yeah, I guess we should have that witch scene. I guess so. They went and they shot this in someone's garage. They literally turned the garage <laughs> into that into like this room in the castle and whatever. And like somebody was talking, he's like the thing about Sam is like he's so infectiously positive that like you'll be filming in a bathroom. He's like he's like yeah, I know it's a bathroom, but you know it won't be a bathroom. It'll be movie magic. It's gonna look great. It's gonna be great, uh, buddy, buddy. Like Ed awesome. Wood with talent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, and so they they shot this thing in a garage in in two days, and they just like hired one of the stunt ladies to play the the witch, 
Um, and yeah, they just shot it in the first set of reshoots. Like, so that's a bathroom. Yeah, no, that's a garage. Oh, good. That's yeah. a garage. That's still fast because I thought that that looks like a set. Yeah, no, it's. I, yeah. I mean, they turned it into a set, but yeah, it was a garage. That's yeah, magic. Yeah. Well, movie magic is like yeah. <laughs> it's kind of you know. There's been this uh, like the rehearsals been coming out on HBO, right? And you're seeing all these people that are like you know saying, oh, a lot of people are learning what set decorating or set designs are capable of. Like, <laughs> what kind of sorcery is this? They recreated an entire bar from yeah. thin air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> a set, a good set dresser is worth the wait and go. Yeah. Well, it's how you. It's how it's. It's the number one thing. That you know you're watching an amateur movie when you're like, why is there nothing on the walls? Right. Why are all of these white walls? Uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That this doesn't look like a lived-in space. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's my one number one pet peeve of like, <laughs> like every time I shot something when I made all my short films, I was like, we got to put stuff on the walls or it's not going to look real. And people were like, why are we wasting our time and money on this? And I'm like, it's important. <laughs> like, and like you have <laughs> to no idea. And that's what matters. Yeah, you have no idea how important this is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, set decorators, man. Don't, don't skimp on set decorators in well, filmmakers. it's also like, it's the one, one of the carryovers from theater. Yeah. To film that I think is the most vital. Yeah. Because they are the ones crafting the living space yeah. for the character and what that world's going to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then another thing, I think equally, like the difference between like, quote, like an amateur production and something that seems like, you know, real, you know, you're not thinking about it as much is sound yep and so immediately after this scene we get the the sequel to the montage right where ash is getting his metal hand right like you know cranked up and stuff and i think yeah scott it is like definitely super unrealistic but i think what makes you believe it while you're watching the movie is the creaking yep and the like the crunching and you oh can, yeah it's just so visceral that you're like oh yeah like well the creaking and also uh, mccallicky's editing yeah yes definitely yeah yep. like this movie is edited in parts like to an inch, within an inch of just perfection yes mm-hmm. yes so, like towards the end it gets a little like i think it loses that tightness yeah well that's because sam raimi dir- edited the second right. half um <laughs> uncredited he had to really? like yeah he had like a fake yeah, he, has, uh, he uses a fake name roc the- sandstorm yeah <laughs> Did the editor leave or like what, what happened? No, uh, Sam just wanted to, to edit it. And, uh, like and this, yeah. And the studio was like, no. And he's like, okay, I hired two guys. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and one of them is me. The Ramey chicanery is always my favorite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cause it's never like, it's always that sort of like Bowie boys of like, oh, we hired two people. Yeah. We did? Oh yeah. yeah. Put them down. Put them down. Yeah. And the, 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 uh, the editor talks about like the second half. Um, of the movie, and he's just like, I mean, it's not as good as if I had done it. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, because he comes on, he directs the Spider Man, he he edits the Spider Man stuff. Mm-hmm. He edits, he edited Hard Target. Yeah, um, Dark Man. I think I think he just had to learn to trust him. Maybe right. I don't know, yeah. but like he he was like he was like yeah, he just he shot a lot of stuff in those uh, in, in the in the Army of Darkness like battle sequence, and he just he wanted all of it in it and. I don't know if that was the right choice. Right, yeah, because you're 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 precious. You're living with it. Yeah. Whereas like someone looking at a clinic, oh, we don't need this. We don't need that. You can put this together. You know. Right. Well, also right. again, like, is it like? Yeah, I'm sure you guys have talked about. It. Like, he came up doing this himself. Right. Right. Of course. So getting into the Hollywood system, trusting someone to get your sensibility. Right. That's a large leap and a large growth leap too. Yeah. yeah. It shows you what a broken system we've had for so long because like. <laughs> 
we have these kids have to go out and do it themselves because they can't break into like the one city where you can do it, right. you know, in an industry setting. So you have to learn how to juggle every every plate that you can, mm-hmm. do it yourself, and mm-hmm. you learn these instincts, and then you get dropped into Hollywood, where suddenly you have to work with all these different people, and you're like feral, and you're like, no, get away from that's my editing man. <laughs> yes. You don't understand. Like, no, I'm an editor, <laughs> <laughs> and the editor's like, so am I. Yeah, yeah. But my job is specifically to edit. Yes. Your job is everything else. Yes, right. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's he's had a lot of conflict with with Sam because I'm I'm thinking back on his the editor's cut of Spider Man three. Yeah, that was right. his cut. Yeah, you know, and so even then he was just like, yeah, this none of this stuff should have been in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also did the uh, the edited, well, not the edited, but the version of Other Side of the Wind that Orson Welles lost masterpiece. Oh yeah, that's the guy who wow. edited that together. That's wow, very shot. talented editor. Yeah. But, um, so we get the uh, the quest. Mm-hmm. Part of the movie, mm-hmm. and I agree. I agree with the the editor that I do think this movie kind of runs out of steam at a certain point right. compared to the other two. He edited up to uh, uh, up to Ash returning after the quest, right? Because uh. up to that point, you notice the cuts don't get as sharp anymore. Yep, that's so interesting. Yep. Um. So yeah, uh, Ian Abercrombie tells them about like the um the, you know the, there's like the Necromonican um. Oh, this is another part. I'm like, oh yeah, this is like a dream. Or like, okay, the Necronomicon's out there. If you get the Necronomicon, we'll, t- we'll show you how to get back home. And I was like, how did it get there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, wait, it was with him. He had it. Where did it? Like, it doesn't matter. Cool. Okay. Like, I don't have to. Yeah. Well, the way a lot of movies operate on dream logic, mm-hmm. if you start to think about any of them too much. Yeah. It's kind of like, and also, that's also where fanfic lies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> You can just figure it out by yourself. Like, yeah. Draco and Harry are working at a bookstore. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, how did the theater, well, how did I get that? I don't know. You write a story about how I got that. Is, is he a death theater yet? Or has this happened? It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. uh, we get, oh, so then, oh, we get a kind of uh, another, like, oh, definitely from an Evil Dead scene where he gets chased by mm-hmm. the Raimi cam right. on a horse. I am fascinated by this sequence because. I like the fun of him running away on a horse. I think mm-hmm. that's fun. But it's still – there's something about it that lacks teeth. The way, and, and it's not like there was like blood and gore in those right. scenes before in The Evil Dead. But there's something about it that feels distinctively PG-13 right. versus – the the evil dead the shots rollicking, and all, the, like yeah, yeah something about it i don't know cuz it's already cartoony yeah but it takes it to a level that's not like it's not cartoony so much of it feels yeah even more artificial than what a Amy movie normally feels like yeah yeah and it could be as simple as like in the first two evil dead movies it maybe wasn't a professional like camera op Right. So it kind of had that like rough and tumble, right? Like more like kinetic, like that might be what it is. Like in order to keep up with a horse, right? The the <laughs> rig had to be like a lot more professional rather right. than somebody just running through the woods with a two by four. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and also Bill Pope being like, we can just do this. We don't need to yeah. use that contraption. Why would you <laughs> use that? <laughs> that doesn't even look safe. Get that away from me. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Uh, <laughs> You've been using that <laughs> around people. <laughs> uh, Ash runs into a windmill, and we get, um, I guess, kind of this movie's equivalent to the hand scene, mm-hmm. right. which is like the little ashes sequence, right? Which is still pretty technically impressive. Well, yes. the special effects in this really hold up yes. in a lot of places. I think so yes. too. 
Yeah, yes. even like uh, I did a little research on the reviews, and almost unanimously the reviews were like, we don't love it, but the special effects are actually really good. Yeah, yeah, the special effects are great, um, but this sequence and the uh, sequence in front of the Necronomicons um, <laughs> are the most like Three Stooges bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> That and I just I can't I just can't get on board with it. Like right. not like, a Three Stooges fan, are you? No, uh, no. So so the London Bridge gag. Yeah, that, that, that was a little too much for you. Yeah, a little too much for me. Okay. Yeah, yeah. A little <laughs> I too don't know. Much. I really love the cutback to my fair lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just so silly um, to to a level that much like Spider Man Three, right? Of like uh, it's like Sam didn't understand what worked right. in Evil Dead Two. I mean, there's like there's a Gulliver there's a Gulliver's Travels reference in this, right. yeah. And I was like, how much longer before kids don't even get that anymore? Right. You know? Well, there's a Quiet Man reference before he leaves when he kisses right. Zimbeth Davis. Yeah. But I didn't even realize it was a Quiet Man reference until like God, a decade after I had already seen the movie fifty right. times. Yeah. It's like well, it's kind of like watching a Looney Tune. Where right. You're like, oh, there's all these references I didn't get. Yeah. Because well, that used to be how movies were made. They just made the reference, and if you got it, not if not, right. So they when, need to stop and tell you. By the way, this is the reference. Yeah, you can go online and like look up <laughs> the Quiet Man. Yeah, all the all the references in Army of Darkness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, some, some clickbait article. I liked. Yeah. Oh, and I guess that's another example of just how game Bruce Campbell is. Is him just going. Absolutely, right. just being a demented little all these demented little Bruce Campbells running around. Right, right. Well, yeah, because that's a, that's a lot of work. Because he's playing like what seven different people, and he's trying right. to give each one a different. The, shouldn't say an absolute different personality, sure. but there's a little bit of a variety. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. It is genuinely uh, hilarious. I don't know. Just well, it's just such a weird choice to start the main villain of the film <laughs> as just this little guy like just like a li- one one of like five little ashes running right around. Yeah, yeah whenever whenever he drops into his mouth i'm like oh that's the one the thing that's- i love about sam Raimi is it may not always be the right choice the right <laughs> choice but it's the choice he wanted to make <laughs> yes and you decide they gotta go with it or you know yes 100 percent. and i think the most effective horror moment of the movie like unsettling scary moment is you get that body horror moment where ashes like a new eye is like blinking on his shoulder yeah that's uh that whole sequence of him growing out of him Mm -hmm. is one of those things that we were talking about earlier where you just have to like accept that right this isn't reality and stop trying to like stop trying to cinema since this movie because like he literally grows out of him fully clothed yes yeah (laughs) it's like where did the extra fabric come from i don't know it doesn't matter well like um I did some research, and apparently that moment is inspired by an old 50s B-movie called The Manster, mm-hmm. which I just love the title. Yes. <laughs> Alex Garland was right there. Why did you go with men? The Manster was right there. <laughs> oh, it's The Mensters. The Mensters. <laughs> well, then it, it, would have, it wouldn't have been... That was too subtle for men. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's fair. Uh, I, yeah, it's, it's the, such a creepy effect, the blinking is so like yeah the texture of the you know what else it reminded me of immediately was uh the end of multiverse of madness oh yes. yeah yeah i mean it looks way better yeah it does <laughs> <laughs> it does uh, well it probably wasn't a it probably wasn't a reshoot a right. week and a half prior to release <laughs> oh shit that's that's poor special visual effects uh. we need better things here now <laughs> Some poor visual effects uh, visual effects guy had to like work on that eye 
for uh, uh, like, like 30 72 hours. straight hours. Yeah, 72 <laughs> straight hours. And, and then somebody was like, it looks like shit, but I guess it's fine. <laughs> like, right. Everyone's going to hate and it. And the VFX all just like, thank you. Can I go home? <laughs> yes. What's the least? Can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> oh. All right, but we're going to need you back. <laughs> Right. Make sure you clock out before you go. We'll see you in four hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kang Wars or whatever is coming out. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, th- I thought this was funny that, so like, you know, he gets another Ash and they get like a fight. They have, you know, like Ash versus Ash. You right. get good, bad on the guy with the gun. Mm-hmm. Which I, I loved as 16. You know what's so crazy about good, bad, I'm the guy with the gun is it's one, it's one catchphrase too many. Right. But it's the best one. <laughs> yeah. But you know what's funny? Sam Raimi agrees with you because in the director's cut, that's a different line. Oh, what is it in, in the, the... In the director's cut, he just says... What does he say? Um, Eat shit. He says... Uh, oh, he says, not that good. Yeah. That's it. That's not bad. Yeah. He just says, not that good. It's, yeah. it's not bad. Not good. Yeah. yeah. But it's <laughs> not good, bad on the guy with the gun. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's, it's a great catchphrase, but you're right. It is one too many, but... Because you know. it's like four in like half an hour. Yes. Here's my question. Do you think the uh, younger people would even get Three Stooges references? Or they just think Mr. Sis being right. can't yeah, be yeah. silly? Oh, has yeah. the has the, the skeletons coming out of the ground happened yet? The dawn? No, no that happens after the books. Yeah, after oh, okay, the books. After the book. yeah. So um, we get another motif of the trilogy that I had never appreciated before. So after two movies in a row of Ash killing and burying Linda, he has to kill and bury himself. Yes. Right. And I appreciated that. Yeah. <laughs> evil Ash. Yeah, Evil Ash. <laughs> yeah. You said that you said that like uh like the uh the voiceover at the end of Scott Pilgrim. Can you fight <laughs> yourself? <laughs> evil ne- Ash. Nega Ash. Nega Ash. <laughs> because, oh, that was and they, he was having so much you know the good the goody little two shoes dance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, that was the one that I think goes on for a bit too long, I will agree. Mm-hmm. The goody goody two shoe goes on for like it feels like a minute and a half. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, look, he's he's dancing a little funny little dance. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like that's Sam Raimi talking. I'm like, yeah. why would I cut this? Look, <laughs> <laughs> it's made... funny, it amuses yeah. me. Yeah. Uh and then yeah, we get the three books, which is like full, yeah, like very three stooges, like the first one. Well, the first one he gets sucked into it, right? And we get like the inc- that incredible rubber face right. sequence. Mm-hmm. Well, like it's not almost the Stooges; it's almost just like Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes is yeah, much more. There's, but there is that that distinctive like Three Stooges thing that is throughout this movie, where this is a lot of Bruce Campbell pointing at things and going, "Ooh, oh, the the book that, the book that uh, bites him, yeah." <laughs> Ooh. That was the best one, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like that's a, that's like a holdover from how they used to do buddy comedies. Yeah. Well, there and mm-hmm. there's the 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 most distinctive, I think, Three Stooges moment is he fi- falls face first onto a hot grill. Oh, has yeah. to get a spatula to peel himself off, and then has no burn marks. Right. Mm-hmm. He's not. Bur- he's he's like charred. Soot or whatever. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's got soot, but he's like his face should be melted on mm-hmm. one side. Well, I was watching like uh, one of those videos where they tell you about twenty five things you didn't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. just to do a little bit of research, mm-hmm. and like, oh, there's a three Stooges reference here. I'm like, there's more than one. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the three and the reference they choose is like when he calls them spinach whiskers. 
that's a reference from a Three Stooges film. Whoa. Like, no, they called everybody Spanish Whiskers. That's not a Three Stooges thing. <laughs> I, I would assume if you're going to call out one Three Stooges thing, it would be the skeletons and the the blocking again, with the hand. He's a younger YouTuber, so the notion of Three Stooges. Yeah. And what that even means. Right, And right. Then the, the difference between does the Three Stooges and what the Mike's brothers are. Right. 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 That's so interesting. Because, like, we're not really preserving the three stooges the way that we are like young frankenstein or mm-hmm. like i guess like other older comedy stuff well a lot of stuff from vaudeville like vaudeville inspired stuff right it still it works if you're into it mm-hmm. like mrs mazel anyway yeah precisely <laughs> well well obviously uh, the Farrelly brothers tried they attempted <laughs> right yeah they succeeded modically. <laughs> Could have been better if, if they had had the original cast of what, like uh, Jim Carrey and like Benicio del Toro and like Sean Penn. Yeah, that would have been interesting. At yeah. least <laughs> three of the funnest actors. So was that going to be the original cast? Yeah. I think so that, yeah. For the Three Stooges movie. And yep. Jim Carrey like started to gain the weight, and he was like, "I can't. I'm not." Gonna That's right. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and they that were like, have... "We don't want you in a fat suit," and he's like, "Then I can't do it." That's insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jim Carrey's line was the fat suit. <laughs> well, well, no, he wanted the fat suit. And, oh, then, okay. and the Farrelly brothers were like, no, you have to actually be fat. No, that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> I think, oh, no, that's, that's all our conversation. Yeah. But, but so I really like the skeleton arms coming out. I think that's yeah. a fun effect. And like mm-hmm. Bruce Campbell's like doing great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of the, um, the, I think kind of the star of the movie, mm-hmm. the skeletons. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so. Full well, of personality. Again, it's and, the Franzetta and the Way Harryhausen yes. aspect of it. They have like a callback to it, but also have a personality to themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even the fact that like there's that little thing of like, welcome back to the land of the living. Oh yeah, the little like yeah, we're, you know, like little the little asides to right. each other. Yeah. Now get back to digging. <laughs> the the skeletons are are fun and interesting. I just but I do miss like I, I just imagining him you know, fucking up the Necronomicon and then like you see like a bunch of the, of the evil dead shots and it's just attacking townspeople and they're all becoming deadites. Oh yeah. You know, so that there was just like a little bit more of a mixture, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Cause like when you, we'll get ahead of ourselves. I get to it when you get there. Yeah. Yeah. So Uh, Ash comes back and he's like, take me home. (laughs) Yeah. Take, I filled up my deal. Take me home right now. Well, this is what you're talking about with like him being a dick. Mm-hmm. Right. Really comes into play. Yeah. Because they're like, you've doomed us. It's like, tough shit. I want to go home. <laughs> yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with why Ash is still like such a popular character is like that kind of every man. Like he's not the most selfless person. Right. It, it takes a lot for him to finally step up. And I, like, I think this movie is about him finally realizing his true potential. And like, not to take it too seriously, but going from like an insecure, awkward young person to a like chest out, like this is who I am, right, like I'm, man, I'm right, the hero, or an adult, right. Um, so Sheila is like the only one that's like still on his side. Everyone's like, this guy's a prick. Like, let's go, <laughs> let's go to our non-existent homes. They start walking away. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, I'm not going to throw stones at this guy again. I own that much at least. I'm not going to waste stones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then she gets captured by a flying deadite mm-hmm. and gets whisked away. 
to right. the graveyard set where all of the skeletons are like digging each other out. Which again, and this is not this is not a connection that I had ever made before, mm-hmm. right? But the fact that you have the tree rape scene in the first one, you have the the uh, what uh, I guess people special effects people were calling the tree rape scene in the second one, mm-hmm. right? Despite like no inherently sexual things happen in it. Um, but then, and then here she's raped by evil Ash and to become a deadite. Sure. And it, I'm just like, it happens like against her will. Yeah. I was like, like, we're just it, doing this over and over and over. Why is this a part of this franchise? Well, it's also yeah. one of the things where like, I didn't even realize it was a sexual assault. Yeah. Until like maybe this, this time watching it. Cause it's been so long since I watched it. Right. But I was just like, Oh yeah, they implied. Yeah. That mm-hmm. they, but that also doesn't make sense because then after they win, she just goes back to being normal. Well, because mm-hmm. was it isn't the isn't the idea that they like they they like defeated the evil oh gotcha dead, so right? they just and the, they because, by killing evil Ash right. it was just like mm-hmm. oh okay well it's it's because like if we go back to when we were growing up sort of this weird kind of like we were getting remnants of boomer stuff like we were we could still watch like Looney Tunes or Three Stooges stuff from like thirties and forties yeah. Like the imagery of like the bad guy, like leaning towards the girl right. with like a cloak and a cape, right? You know, and that's kind of what that this imagery is. And like as a kid, I think we just look at like the innocent facade of it, right. like the snidely whiplash side of it, right? 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 And maybe that's where Sam Raimi was too. This kind of like, oh, it's part of the movie where the bad guy menaces the girl. Yeah. Like, oh, you bad guy. <laughs> and now we're watching this in 2022, and we're like, oh wait, oh, this is. The implications behind this are really <laughs> gross. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, there's also like the the way that historically sex and horror have always been intertwined, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and the fact that a lot of sex and horror movies isn't meant to be right something you enjoy. Yes, it's a yeah. horror movie is meant to make you feel uncomfortable. Right, right. The horrible things and like, yeah. but yeah, but it, it it is it is a weird like you know this this movie has such few female characters. Period. Right. And that, like, in each one we have, like, whether it's, like, Bobby Jean or Bobby Joe or Sheila or the character from Evil Dead 1. Right. His sister. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'm, I'm, it'll be interesting to see what Evil Dead Rise does with that part of the legacy. I hope it's gone. Yeah. I really, of course really it's hope gone, it's gone. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really hope it's gone. I never gone. saw the remake of Evil Dead. It's, the- it's good. It's Isn't good, it? but they do bring back the rape scene. But we, we, I, uh, there's a really fun story about it that I don't want to tell now because we have to record an episode about mm-hmm. it. But yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, but is it the same campy or is it like Evil Dead One with like just dead series? Oh no, it's it's dead series. Okay, yeah. I had completely forgotten that Sheila survives at the end. Mm-hmm. I just don't remember her. Yeah, and so yeah, yeah. And so I was like, what a what a weird mean arc for your female lead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, also but, as much as I love Sam Raimi, mm-hmm. um. Until, like, in the last decade, women characters have not been something he's been, right. I don't want to say I mean, comfortable look, with. I mean, he but had like three movies with Kristen Dunst. Right. And, like, yeah. barely did anything. But yeah. Like, couldn't find anything interesting for that. It's Mary Jane Watson. Yeah, I think I'm it's like, just the age and generation of just how he views women in movies and roles. And sure. it's something, like, maybe he's interrogated better because you get eventually dragged me to hell. Yeah. Right. I think there's also just, like, he has some shorthands that he leans on sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and in the in the case of like uh, of of Spider Man, it's like damsel in distress. Damsel in distress, right. the classical trope of like you know save me Superman, right? You know? But even then, in Spider Man Three, he was wanting to 
subvert those expectations right. by having it be Gwen Stacy that mm. is the damsel right. and Mary Jane is the person who goes and gets Harry. Right. right? But uh, to, to help out in the third act, but it's, but even that it's like studio interference. They're like, why are we paying for them to come back? Why are we paying for Bryce Dallas Howard to come back when we could just have her do it and yeah. just right. let it go? Like, it's like, Hey, sorry, Kristen, we need you to come in and like, you know, and the, the damsel, damsel distress again. Yeah. Right. Well, and the damsel distress is weird because you have this image in your head that it comes from silent film. Right, right. But most silent film actually didn't do that. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, if you go yeah. back and like, it's like remembering a, like the fake. It's like when you misremember a quote, like right. Luke, I'm your father. Like that's what gets remembered. Right. But the actual. Well, that's been like the one thing the internet does. It corrects a lot of just like, not things that people got, like you do misremember things. Mm-hmm. And with everything becoming available or somewhat available. Sure. You're able to like, oh, that thing that we just repeated for like 20 or 30 years. Yeah. That isn't a truth. That's just. Something a lot of because you didn't movies weren't meant to be seen more than once, right? Right, yeah. Army of Darkness being a very exception, but <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like that thing that you see about like like quotes that will be like, um, uh, uh like famous, very famous quotes that everybody just sort of takes. Like I am right. become death. They associate that with Oppenheimer right. without yeah. knowing that he was quoting a holy text. Right, right. right. Or um, uh, 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 absolute power corrupts absolutely, mm-hmm. right? And then it's like, say the rest of the quote. And it's like, <laughs> the rest of the quote is, um, very few great men were good men. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Can it need that second part? Yeah. Like, well, cool. also, yeah. It's just a matter of like, you read old Ebert reviews and you'll be like, that's not what happened in the movie. And that's because he only saw the movie once, had to write a review, right? Didn't get a lot of press notes, right? Memories are faulty. Might have might have saw three screenings that day, right. and then had to remember the first movie he saw to write the review. You know, right? Yeah, because yeah. press notes aren't a thing online. Yeah, again, movies aren't easily available. Right, it's not a Wikipedia page. Right, yeah. right. So interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so, so while that's all going on back at the evil camp, uh, back in the good camp. Everyone's being really despondent and defeated. They have 60 men. <laughs> Everybody else left. <laughs> Everyone else left. Where? I don't know. It's uh, the only piece of civilization within 100 right, miles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ash gets his like hero speech. And uh, an unsung hero that we haven't talked about yet. I don't even know if this character is named. But big, bald, handlebar mustache guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That guy got his sad card on this movie. Oh, that's so nice. cool. Yeah, because he was like, he was old childhood friends with Sam, and he was like, I'll do anything. I'll shave my head. I'll, whatever. I don't care. I want to be in it. Look, I've still got muscles. See? <laughs> and they're like, okay. He's great. Yeah, I know. He's fantastic. Whenever they cut back to him, like reacting, and so even the, his moment where he's like, I'll fight with you, you know, like, you're like yeah, that guy. <laughs> Yeah, it's fantastic. Like he's one of those people who keeps showing up along with Emma Grammy, just somewhere in the background. Mm-hmm. This movie reuses the same five people. Yep. Oh, yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Ted Raimi with different mustaches. Oh yep. really? Yep. Oh, he's in a like one scene like at least. You see him when you do when they do that sort of like the old gag of the head turn, head turn, head turn. Yeah. And the camera yeah. follows them. One of them, if, really quickly, if you notice, is just Sam Raimi, in, uh, sorry, Ted Raimi in a very bad mustache. That's yeah. Great. And he was just there like as someone else on the other side. Yes. Before they did the gag. Yeah. And you get away with it. Oh, like, yeah. Because you know, he's, he's Ted Raimi. You can do yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah. He's um, Jocks with the Mighty. Yeah. He's the voice of, like, I think all of the skeletons. At, oh, least, so at least 80%. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of, might be the highlight of the movie for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we get the armies coming. And we get the Bed little... knobs and boomstocks. Yeah, on. yeah. We get the skeletons with the little flutes. Yeah. 
uh, the skeletons with the little drums. Yeah. And it's just pure fun. Yeah, jamming out to Danny Elfman. Just jamming out to Danny Elfman. Yeah. There, uh, so, Evil Ash, the yes. makeup. Yes. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. But um, it took three hours to do. Yeah. I bet somewhere. Yeah. Which is fascinating because, do you guys ever watch Babylon 5? I've seen it. Okay. okay. Bill Money, Mummy, uh, he plays uh, Lanier. Uh-huh. Like the Mumbai, the forehead people. Yeah. That took five, uh, like four and a half hours. Yeah. To do very little makeup on him. Yeah. And over the span of five years, they got it down to two. Uh-huh. Evil Ash took three hours straight off the top. Yeah. Wow. I guess because it's so heavy. Right. It's like, I'm very... for, like, I don't know what the discrepancy is. It's probably, it, 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 yeah, it has like, like, it's heavy, so it has a lack of subtlety. Right. You know? Like, I wouldn't describe it as fine. Right, right. That's a very good point. But okay. that being said, I will say, speaking of Evil Ash and the look of Evil Ash, um, the evolution of his look, <laughs> later in the fight when he gets set on fire, yeah. you know, and then he comes back and he's the, skull, he's the skeleton, I'm like, it's Evil Dead 2. It's the cover from Evil <laughs> oh, Dead 2. wow. I was like, he becomes, the, they finally <laughs> made good on that promise. That's there he great. is. <laughs> Love That's that. fantastic. Yeah. I hadn't noticed that before. Yeah, the skull with the eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I like how he becomes more of a skeleton. Yeah, as yeah. It, yeah. As, as it gets on, that's that's really weird about the deadites. Like they get possessed, then I guess the skeletons still exist. I yeah, they're just scattered all over. The, okay, they're yeah. the they're they're everyone because at one point he's like, "Bring me, I want everyone who's ever died right. in battle." Yeah, uh, and then like, oh, so we get the. Uh, I really like the tension and the editing of the exploding arrows. Yes. Where, like, the fuse is lit, and Ash is like, wait, 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 we gotta wait for just the right moment, and then, like, it's just so satisfying seeing the skeleton. The battle scene is is where the movie starts to really feel like there's too much breathing. Yeah. Especially in the director's cut, which adds, I think, like, four or five minutes back into... Uh Oh, the the thing it's the part of the director's cut that I I, I, I don't I'm like this is too this is I'm iffy on director's cut in general yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah sometimes when it's studio meddling I I I I'm mixed right. but like most of the time the director's cuts are not are not there's a reason sure, why yeah. we don't we didn't see them yes uh, this is very Looney Tunes when Evil Ash is trying to say Sally Forth yes and his jaw keeps on hinging so yeah. he has to like he that says is it. an age old gag. <laughs> It's yeah, it is, it is, and I think like our brains are so. We, I don't know. It's like it's like you can't be afraid to play the classics sometimes, right. mm-hmm. and that's like there's something so pure about like the old like oh his jaw <laughs> keeps unhinging. Well, it's like my favorite old gag is the someone starts speaking in a really creepy voice and then clears his throat. Right, right, right. <laughs> that Bruce, Bruce Campbell talked about that like the makeup and everything, and and I, I it just made me think like the, looking at that particular shot of mm. like the the sally forth scene um how very specifically bruce campbell that creature yeah. moves mm-hmm. yeah like that speed at which he moves that like sort of like jerky thing that's very specific to bruce campbell yeah. and always has been but like and it reminds me of like um whenever you watch a, a creature movie and then you see somebody like moving around with their hands yeah. and I'm like, Well I I know that's Doug Jones. Like you can just tell <laughs> like, he, yeah. he like he like moves his fingers around in a very specific way. Um and then like, you know, Ron Perlman you can always recognize as well because he's like kinda like he's a brute whenever right. he's in that, that makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh and I was just like, Man, there is another world where Bruce Campbell could have been like a world famous like 
character makeup guy. Like, he's oh, yeah. really good. He like, and I know this is weird to say because he has a massive fan base and he's kind of a cult star, but like yeah. he doesn't get the credit he deserves for yeah. being a very good character actor. Yes, and especially in the makeup. Yes, yeah. that's the thing is he could have found a really. I mean, you know, he has a great career, right? Right, but like he could have found a very like easy career of like parts in big budget movies all the time if he was more comfortable with the the, the prosthetic stuff. Right. Because like I do think I think you're right, and I think the thing that's holding him back from being a character actor is because he's so goddamn handsome. <laughs> he looks he looks like a leading man, right? And then that is very hard for Hollywood to be able to say like he should be a character actor. The best thing to have happened to Bruce Campbell was he got older. Yep. Right. Yep. Sam Max is fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say Burn Notice really kind of like, it was like a Mario Kart speed thing, right. you know, and it kind of gave him more time to like, no, look, this is me being kind of like mid-50s aging Uncle Bruce right. guy. And like, oh, we love this guy. Let's, yeah. Let's yeah. Keep, you know. Yeah. Who, who knows if Ash and the Evil Dead would have happened without Burn Notice. Right. That's a very good point. God, imagine, imagine if they, if they had, Cast age appropriately for the Uncharted movie, and he played Sully. Oh, you're doing great. Ooh. Yeah. I hated that movie, but I love that idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because like, like Mark Wahlberg, you couldn't even tell he was in the same room as Tom Holland. Right. right. <laughs> He's like barely reacting to anything. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, and Tom Holland was miscast, but I'm not going to get... Sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole direction of like right. early days, it just doesn't what make any a, sense. Uh, yeah. I don't know what they were thinking. I like a lot of the I like a lot of the army stuff. It's so it's so cool when King Henry comes and the right. cavalry. And you're like, I didn't even know I was rooting for these guys, but this is yeah. great. Yeah, no, the battle scene's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like the aforementioned scene where they do the whole head turn gag. Yes, the yeah. camera movement is really precise and just really phonetic in a way that you realize, oh, oh hey, it hasn't been doing that for a while. Right? Yeah, and then it goes through the battle scene, and then. It goes away again. Yeah, and uh, much like what I'm sure Mikowski was talking about, of like this, there's too much of just you wanting to do this. Yeah, it, it's the cameras on sticks too much right. in, in the in the action scenes where it's just like, and now this single shot of a skeleton exploding, and then this single shot of right. it, mm-hmm. and the camera's doing nothing but just sitting there. Yeah. The thing yeah. about Evil Dead Two mm-hmm. is not that it's just phonetic. It's the fact that it is so phonetic. Yes. It never lets up. And some people really get disoriented by the fact that it is unceasing in its movement yeah. and its ability to make you feel something is off. That's yeah. why in those in those in that time period where Sam wasn't directing anything, right? right? And he was up for stuff like Warcraft and The Hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like no, that's a bad choice because there are <laughs> battles in those movies and it's not going to look good. Right. right. He just, he doesn't know how to shoot a big battle like that. Um, it's, it's not like, in his tool house. Yeah. It's like, it's like too many things to focus on. And he is best when he's hyper focusing. Right. You know, like one on one fights or yeah. like sequences. It's like for love of the game. Yeah. The best parts are like the scenes on the mound. Yep. Yep. Has he ever even tried to do anything on the scale of this final battle again? Um, outside of Spider-Man movie? I mean, like, in terms of, like, extras on screen oh, oh, and um, battles and stuff. Yeah, uh, uh, the Wizard of Oz, the 
Oz oh, the yeah. Power. I, I yeah. never saw that one. And yeah. it's like you said, it's all CG. But, but, but the thing that's crazy about Oz the Great and Powerful is the third act of that is just, uh, it's Army of Darkness. <laughs> <Right>? yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> a, it's a Disney movie. Like, it's the same Dude. thing. Spoilers, but like a good character turns bad. I yep. kind of want to see that now. <laughs> yeah. It'd be really cool to watch post... Because I used to watch it and be like, I can't believe this might be his last movie. This is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. That, I, that I do remember like that being like, after that, no one heard of him. And then Drag Me to Hell. Well, Drag Me to Hell after? Before. Before? Before? Yeah. <sighs> it was literally Oz and then nothing until Doctor Strange. Yeah. <sighs> Besides like, you know, the Ash Evil Dead pilot yeah. and stuff like that. Right. I, uh, yeah, he did two pilots, I think. The Girl with the Golden Arm. Um, no, he did. Oh, did he do that too? I think so. Okay, so he did three pilots. Because then he also had, um, is it called Rake? It, oh, oh, with Rain Wilson? No, the, no, no, not the Rain Wilson one. The the Greg. Uh, I think you're right. It's called Rake. I'm it, thinking and, of, and he's got like a piece of meat in the, yeah. in the promo art. Yeah. He's got like a piece of meat on a on a bruised eye. Crazy. Yeah, uh, I'm a lawyer. Greg, Greg uh, Kinnear. Greg Kinnear. Yeah, the Greg Kinnear show. Yeah, it's one of those like he's a asshole, but he's like post house. He was right, trying to know? get he was trying to get one of those like a pilot on one of those shows yeah. that would just run forever. Right. He's like, I want that. I want that easy house Brian right, Singer Brian money. Singer, yeah. yeah. Didn't work out. Didn't work. I out. mean, hey, that's a good. Right, <laughs> that sets you up for life. <laughs> Argument. I want to pose a question to okay. both of you. I think is this the classic's finest hour? <laughs> yes, it might be. That is a huge trilogy ending fist bump moment. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, it might very well be. I still think the car chase in the first. Spider Man is probably more mm. an more iconic use of the right. classic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cause it's like, it's like, oh, it's the car that uncle Ben died for. Like, that's a very good way of putting it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, it's the uncle classic. Uncle Ben died for a very good cause then. I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He tried to take the classic. <laughs> Kids these days got no respect. It was even in quicker the dead. They turned it into a wagon. Peter, <laughs> man, I knew each other for the first time in that car. That's a fanfic toy. Yeah, there we go, yeah. um, just seeing it souped up and Ash driving it, yeah. and just like that's the car that he took to the cabin. It's yeah, just like that well, car has been on a journey too. Right, because again, this is the first one I saw. Oh right, yeah. So then I go back and I watch the second or third time, finding out about the classic. <gasps> yeah. Then it becomes a whole thing of like, oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you don't even see it land in Army of Darkness. Yeah. That's Evil Dead Two, where it like has a really cool like. No, no, thud. they, they oh, it does. Funny story okay, about they, that. Isn't that the one they, with the crane? Yeah, they <laughs> went, they went, and they tried to shoot, reshoot that opening of him falling through the portal again, him yeah. in the car, and they shot it once. And the, the car was on a crane, and the crane tipped over. Um, and everyone was fine. Okay. No, no, nothing bad We're happened. Actually no but like, wow. they, the guy that was running the crane, that was operating the crane, could sense it was going down and jumped out of the crane oh as it God. like felt. Yeah. But everyone was fine. No one was even injured, which was really nice. Yeah. So they got a, big, a bigger crane, and they tried it again. And then they did it, and, and in the edit, the editor was just like, Sam, it was better in Evil Dead 2. And uh. it was like, all right, we'll just reuse it then. And they just used the That's shot, funny. the same shot from Evil Dead 2. So they spent all this money on multiple cranes. That's so <laughs> Dropping that damn yeah. car. It kind of reminds me of what we were talking about with the, you know, the camera on a plank of wood. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, that's all kinds of reasons why you shouldn't do that. Right. right. And why they don't do that on big movies. But right. you do lose some of that, like, kinetic. Well, Bruce Campbell in interviews talks about, like, the things they did. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we shouldn't have done them. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you kind of lose something when you don't do it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, talk about an Evil Dead 1 or 2, like the shotgun that's pointed at him mm-hmm. is a real shotgun. Oh, oh wow! And he's wow. like, yeah. So yeah. So I'm in being, having a shotgun fired at me, but it's fine. Like I mean, we're taking all the safety precautions. You probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah. But but it's like it's not safe, and you shouldn't do that, especially on a big budget. But like you should take some risk. And it's like there is that thing we're dealing with now of how much do we allow? Like how much is too much? Right. Mm, yeah. Or like to get the. The romanticization. The, right. The, of, the nostalgia of, oh, we almost, perhaps it's like a way we deal with trauma. Like, oh man, we almost died. Wasn't that right, great? Right. We, we should never do that yeah. again, but that was amazing. Well, yeah. off, <laughs> off mic, Jeremiah, you know, we were talking about you know, Fury Road. Right. And how it's a miracle that the biggest, craziest, most dangerous movie, like no serious injuries, right. no one was hurt, no one was certainly killed. And like, unfortunately, Scott, like you and I have both covered instances on this, on franchiseography where it's like, more horrible things happened with seemingly a more innocent stun. And I think it goes right. back to like prep. Yeah. Or like safety. And that does not apply to this, these movies. No. Cause there's but, no prep in these. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It, it is a miracle no one got hurt making these. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Outside uh, of Boost Campbell, but yeah. He doesn't count. I really <laughs> like the final battle between Ash and Evil Ash. I think yes. the choreo is really good. The double sword fight? Yes, that's really So, cool. fun story about that as well. Oh, great. Uh, originally, that was choreographed to be all one shot where they are going down the stairs and the camera work was supposed to be like a Fred Astaire movie. Like, that's what he wanted. Right, something want, like Princess Bride, something? Yeah, he wanted it to just be a long shot of just like following them, do the yeah. thing. But the uh, sword fighting was so complicated that Bruce, like, just, he tried and tried and tried. He's like, we were there all day. And I couldn't do it. And then finally, Sam was like, all right, well, our star is not going to be able to make this work. So we're going to cut this thing into a thousand pieces. Let's start it up again. Um, and just, and Bruce was like, I still, I still don't think I've recovered from, <laughs> from oh, uh, disappointing my friend that hard. Uh, because he just, he wanted that shot so bad. And like Bruce just could not deliver. Oh, God. That's. Yeah. And also, like, that sounds like a thing a friend would say. That's not something a director should say. Yes, right, right. Well, I mean, that's that's their relationship. Right, that's yeah, the yeah, Sam yeah. Amy Boos Campbell relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you know, think about what was being asked of him. Right. Right. Of, to like, learn uh, sword fighting, not fencing. Sword fighting. Yeah, like, could Jackie, I mean, not Jackie Chan's a bad example. But, you know, like, how many people could have done that? Right. You know? Also, Jackie Chan spent years training. Right, yeah. <laughs> being, like, rolling around and, fo- like, rolled into a ball for three hours when he was, like, three. Right. Right. Um, right. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. Because even, because even, because that's the thing, too, is, like, even Keanu Reeves in, like, the John Wick movies. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, single shot stuff, yeah. action sequences in that, in those movies, in that series. But, like, he trains for, like, three, four months before they start shooting, right, right? Yeah, I can guarantee you, Bruce Campbell was not a lot, was not able to like right. train it, the choreography, yeah. or Which, even that big that elevator fight in Winter Soldier, right. right? If you, that's like Chris Evans and those stunt guys would just train hundreds and hundreds of times, no cameras anywhere, right? Which is yeah. almost on Raimi for not having giving Bruce enough time to you know learn yeah. to sword fight. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. I think it goes back to that kind of young punk. Right. thing of like no jump out of a car what's the big deal they do it in movies right you know you're an actor you're right an actor. <laughs> <laughs> the job is to get hurt for me that's the, no, i'm the director yeah uh buckle up bonehead <laughs> pretty great Good. him exploding in the air is magical like a firework like a big firework <laughs> well and also because you can see it coming 
Yes. No, yeah. as, as a kid, you're just like leaning like. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, just a few, a few one-liners we missed. Uh, uh, baby, you got real ugly. Yeah. <laughs> or honey, you got real ugly. Right. Well, that's just pillow talk, baby. <laughs> those are, those are all, all the, all the like, all the misogynist ones I really like. I'm like, oh. Well, like, I, they, they make me cackle because they're like so bad in a way. Like, yeah. Even like my dad wouldn't even said those. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, man, he's such a piece of shit. And I think, <laughs> and I think what's... And it's like, it's, sorry. Oh, no, please, please, please. It, it feels like Vamy's almost like... Even on the Cisco Neighbor show, they talk about, like, it feels like this is a naked gun version of this type of movie. Sure, right, yeah. And so it does feel a lot of that stuff just feels like them making fun of this type of machismo that's been sort of lionized. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's kind of... To touch on the, 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 the Duke Nukem of it all. Right. Or how Ash became, like, an archetype. And that archetype is like strong jawed, being like groovy or you know, shotgun city. And what's lost is the context of that was a dude, Sam Raimi, like, isn't it really it would be really funny to make my dumbass friend Bruce <laughs> yes. yeah. say all these big cool macho one liners because right. like it's my goofy friend from high school. He's such a dork. Yeah. Yeah. And the irony is Ash became the template right. of action heroes after this kind of right. First you wanna love me, then you wanna hug me. Yeah. Well, of course you want to kill me, then you want to kiss me. Blow. Blow. <laughs> Blow. <laughs> and doesn't he spit out yeah. a seed in between those two things? First you want to kill me, then you want to kiss me. <laughs> Blow. <laughs> it's so good. And like you're that is Bully Maguire. Like that is Spider-Man 3 Peter. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, yeah. When he's like eating the cookie, getting the cookies fed to him on the phone. <laughs> yeah. You want some yeah, go get some up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, no, now the more I think of it, yeah, Toby cannot pull that off. Like, no. He doesn't have it in him to just, like, be, allow himself to be that distasteful. Right, right. Because Bruce Campbell is not afraid to, A, look like an idiot, and right. B, make you hate him a little bit. Right. Because you're like, because we are, like, through most of the movie, like, don't be a dick, help these people out. Right, <laughs> You're um, the right. one to put their lives in danger. Did you, not to, like, to talk about drama, but did you and Zach ever talk about how Toby allegedly wasn't, like, the chillest person to be around? Oh, yeah, we talked about that uh, okay. quite quite a lot. Um, <laughs> but, but, like, with that, it's like, that's probably why he was afraid to go there. Yeah. As an actor. Because he was like, I don't want people... To know, to know that I'm really that I'm dead. an all horrible human. <laughs> yeah, that I'm actually a terrible person. Yeah, I'm like I, you know, I don't know Bruce Campbell. I'm sure he's a person. I'm sure he's had his good days and bad days. But like, he seems to be like a pretty mm-hmm. well-adjusted, friendly dude. Right. And, well, yeah. When you come from that uh, that sort of background of we all do this together, right. you tend to be more like, yeah, let the crew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't be dicks to the people you know in charge of my life. I like these people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like maybe he's more willing to be like, I'll be an asshole because it's just like, yeah, I'm not hiding any like. Right. I'm playing a character yeah. instead of like letting my inner demon out. I can't let yeah. anyone know I'm like a poker demon. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's also that old sort of old fashioned act notion of acting of like this is this isn't real. I'm, right. I'm just playing. Right. This is me playing pretend. I'm not really killing these people. Right. For for the record, though, I do want to put this on on record. I, my understanding is that uh, Tommy McGuire was uh, a mild alcoholic at the time. Okay. Yeah. And has now recovered and is 
that's a super, completely different person. Yeah, that's super valid. Yeah, gambling addict thing is gone. And yeah. All okay. That well, yeah. No, that. Yeah. That, that, that can make you a dark person. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, but uh, but I think it's the reason why he had shifted to more of like a producer role because oh, cool. he was like, I don't think people want to see me after all everything that they've heard about me. Sure. 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 Yeah. He's not so, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And you know, like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um. Uh. But even thinking about like. You know, we've talked about like The Rock and Vin Diesel right. and Wahlberg. People are like, "Well, I can't, I can't, I can't tell a, a girl to blow and then spit seeds in her face because, like, I'm trying to sell like vitamin water." Right. <laughs> you know? Well, right. that's also like product placement used to be like much more. <clears throat> in, I want. I don't want to say insidious, but in your face. Mm-hmm. Like you watch older movies and you can tell when a product placement. It's sure. happening, yeah, and it has nothing like this. Product placement in Cobra, the Stallone movie, mm-hmm. yeah. At the very beginning, when he's going showing up at the convenience store, he shows up. There's this great big clouds of mist as he enters in, has a sawed-off shotgun ready to kill a dude, and there's a Pepsi machine perfectly uh, in frame yeah. behind him. Mm-hmm. Pepsi lying in the walls, like, oh, <laughs> this is a product placement. It looks really cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why not? There's no, there's no like logos or anything discernible logos in like S Smart, is there? Nope. No, I don't think so. There is someone just ready to uh, in the background to move a shelf whenever they need to back into place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, before he goes back, I really like when um, everyone's celebrating the two rival kings hug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With that moment, where we think there might be a fake out. Right. Yeah, they're gonna. F- oh no, they're hugging. That's you get, good. You get one dude in ADR. It's like a new kingdom will be made. <laughs> no, it won't. Whoa! <laughs> what? No. Army well, I mean, of Darkness just became much more interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's like the aftermath. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the West know. Wing Army of Darkness. Yeah. <laughs> I like the S Smart ending just because of like the wish fulfillmenty angle of like this dork. Oh, you know the revelation that he even worked at an S Smart. Right. Is like. Oh, that's what he was doing before coming to right. Evil Dead One, um, and then it's just I don't know. The well, fl- they're college kids in Evil Dead One. That's right. well, that's the thing that I was talking about with the with yeah. the sort of uh, shifting timeline, like mm. The Simpsons. Yes, of like <laughs> yeah. at, you know, where Evil Dead was made at a time when they were all college kids. But by the time you get to Evil Dead Two, it's like he's not believably a college kid. <laughs> My army of darkness. He's like, I guess he just got to be a loser, like <laughs> working at a retail store or something. Well, I don't but know. that's the thing, yeah. also, like understanding, like. You don't look like this anymore. Right. Let's come up with a reasonable thing for you to be doing. Yes. We're not just going to say you're in college. You look 40. That's insane. Yes. <laughs> and again, I haven't, I've only seen the pilot for Ash and Ash versus the evil dead, mm-hmm. but the Ash that we see in this ending kind of becomes the new Ash. Like you said, this kind of loser shouldn't still be working at S smart, but right. he does, but right. he, 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 he picks up chicks. So he like, He's like proud of working there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very strange. Uh, oh. have you, have you, uh, Jeremiah, have you seen any Ash vs. Evil Dead? No, but that's only because it's on a streaming service I don't have. Yeah, um, really, really. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, I've watched. I watched the first two seasons. Oh, okay. Um, uh, because yeah, like like uh, like like Jeremiah, I didn't have stars at the time, and I would watch them when they would hit Netflix. I think because mm-hmm. for a while they would like. They were on Netflix? Yeah, they were on Netflix. They might still be on Netflix. I don't I know. check that out. Um, but uh, uh, I watched the first two seasons. It's fine. It definitely feels like like Xena, Hercules, mm. like that. Oh, in that case, I might love it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that vibe. Um, but it is, uh, yeah, it is this guy at the end of this movie. Mm. 
older and uh, not wiser. And right. uh, it is interesting, though, because in the first season, they didn't have the rights to Army of Darkness. So they couldn't mention anything that happened in Army of Darkness. Really? And then in season two, they were like, okay, we got the rights to Army of Darkness. And now <laughs> we can reference everything that happened there. That's um, interesting. Yeah, no, yeah. I really dig the vibe of Xena and Hercules. Because mm-hmm. it's a way of breaking the fourth wall without ever, like, breaking yeah. the fourth wall. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. That's absolutely the tone of... <laughs> Ash versus Evil Dead. Like, they used to do episodes where they were like, just admit to Xena and Hercules with a television show about actual people named Xena and Hercules. Mm-hmm. And they would just be playing, like, A-hole producers and diva stars. Sure, and, sure. Okay. And yeah. I, I, those are my favorite episodes. <laughs> it had nothing to do with the mythology. Wow, it's like proto-supernatural. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 but it definitely has that sort of, like, I caught this on a Saturday afternoon in syndication right. kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you guys have talked about it before. Like, television, television used to be, like, Disposable. Yes, it yeah. was. It was designed to kill an hour on a Saturday afternoon, right. not to spend your entire day watching. Right, mm-hmm. right. And then like discuss the mythology behind it. Like, right, <laughs> right. We be able to withstand like all these essays. <laughs> right. Like, what does this mean for the future of the legendary <laughs> journey of Hercules? <laughs> yeah. Or, it uh, means the writer had an assignment and he had to get done right. by like, Saturday. Well, today, Hercules turns into a frog, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Kevin Soibo has the flu and he right. can't be here. <laughs> um, and then we end with another, I guess like if we want to do like top 10 Army of Darkness one-liners, because uh, he's like, oh, why would I go back there and be king there when I could be king here? Hail to the king, baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty good, especially because of the buildup. Mm-hmm. But I I prefer the Esmart scene simply because again of the archness mm-hmm. of it all. It was just so, at least when I was sixteen, it sure. was just so unbelievably over the top. And the fact that the Dead Eye shows up out of nowhere, yeah, I'll swallow yours all. Yeah. He's like surfing on the cart. <laughs> yeah. And, and the fact that she's back just because he did not say the words properly right. when he went to sleep. <laughs> Which he never learns his lesson. Yeah. Like any normal man. Right. <laughs> uh, the girl that's like, hey, cute story. Like, <laughs> yeah. That, that's, the, that's the biggest stretch of the imagination because anyone who hears that story doesn't go, cute story. They go, yes, I don't want to work with this guy again. Can yeah. you schedule me on a different shift? Can somebody else help, help me out with this? <laughs> yeah. Is anybody else working today? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Army of Darkness, thus ends the Ash Williams trilogy. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised at what a cool little journey this dude goes on for like these three seemingly not very connected movies. Right. I think it is funny in, in taking the whole trilogy into consideration, you, that S-Mart scene, he's still got the scars on his face, <laughs> which by the way, I'm like, wait, how do you still have scars on your face? Weren't you asleep for hundreds of years? <laughs> right. Yeah. The but, healing factor is uh, <laughs> Yeah. But uh, everything freezes while you're asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But, uh, but he still has the scars on his face. So it, he's, he's freshly woken up. Mm-hmm. Seemingly returning to work after the time he requested off to go to the cabin. Hey, Ash. And they're just like, hey, uh, where's, uh, where's, where's, where's Linda? Didn't she go with you? Like, she works here too. And I was like, oh, oh, Linda. Linda, Right. Linda, Linda. Linda. Uh, We broke up. I don't know where she's at. Yikes. Wait, is that, um, is that, do they carry that into Evil Dead? Don't people think that Ash like killed yes. Linda? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. There's the whole everyone in town calls him Ashy Slashy because they think that he murdered all of his friends <laughs> in that cabin. Um, but there's no proof, uh, right? Yeah. Also, Ashley. Sl- yeah, that seems exactly like something people would come up with. Yep, Ashy Slashy. <laughs> uh, oh, I think they officially say that he he's from Michigan in this one too. Yep. 
Yep, Which yep, I yep. just assumed anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Jeremiah, any closing thoughts on Evil Dead or Army of Darkness? Um, Evil Dead trilogy is sort of interesting in the fact that it's a trilogy that manages to be three distinct stories without meaning to be. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Because the second one, as we've discussed, it's a sequel, but it's also kind of just a remake. Uh-huh. Or like, but it's not. Right. But it is beat for beat. A remake. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then Army of Darkness is a sequel, but it's almost sold not as... Right. I haven't seen... It's nothing like, say, Tiger Claws, which is a trilogy of movies that has nothing to do with each other uh-huh. in terms mm. of genres. Yeah. Same characters, just wildly different genres. But uh-huh. Evil Dead sort of does the same thing. Of starts out as a straight horror movie. Yeah. Mm. Turns into a campy horror classic. Yes. And then just goes into this over-the-top naked gun yes. aspect <laughs> of medieval time travel movies. Yeah. Which is odd because that's n- nothing you ever think about when you watch the first Evil Dead. Right, right, right. Even though that's like portent. Yeah. They, they foreshadow it and never goes, well, he'll probably end up back in time. Right. <laughs> right. It's yeah. I guess the only thing I can immediately compare it to and I don't even think this is as crazy as Medieval Dead but kind of the Fast and Furious movies. Right. Sure. Or like maybe if you watch Evil uh, Fast and Furious and they're just like dumb kids stealing DVD players off of trucks. Right. You're like someday they're going to like stop a nuclear. You're gonna be international super spies. Yeah, <laughs> international super spies. Right, the, the slow evolution into the absurd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's definitely something I wish more happened more with like franchises like this. Oh yeah, because yeah. like it, it does keep it fresh in the fact mm-hmm. that I never know at least when it's going backwards or forwards. Like right. what exactly what movie I'm going to get, but it's all each one is specifically still a Sam Raimi movie. Yeah, yeah. like you know that the person behind the camera and the star. That's your your North Star. That's right. your comfort, almost. Of like, okay, well, there's Bruce Campbell. Right, right. I don't Man. love it as much as I did when I was 16. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you don't. That just happens with age. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't love Kevin Smith movies as much as I did right. when I was 16. Right. How like, could you? <laughs> I used to have the script for right. Clerks. I was yeah. like a Bible. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Live your life. Like, <laughs> like, like, he's, like, I don't think he's. I think he's in a good place. But do you ever see interviews of like pre weed Kevin Smith? Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> and you're like, oh man, he used to be so like erudite. And, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, as a trilogy, I still revisit Evil Dead Two. Is still something I tend to. I put a little bit over Army of Darkness, but Army of Darkness has that place in my heart sure. because it's the place where I realize movies. Are made by somebody. Yeah. yeah. Like in a way that I had never, like, I knew. Yeah, it's the time I went from knowing movies are made to understanding movies are made. Yeah. Because right. then I wanted to look up how they did this. Yeah, mm. yeah. And like little Easter eggs, like you said, of like learning to pick out Ted Raimi. Right. Right. Like, oh, that's it. Oh, that's the classic. There's a, there's a classic. Right. You know? Oh, there's Sam. What's Sam doing here? Yeah. yeah. It's like a secret. Right. Like learning that there's a secret world inside the movie that right. you can like fall into. Yeah. You know? The fatal flaw of Doctor Strange too is there's no Ted Raimi. Yes, mm. he should have been. He could have been at the wedding, yeah. <laughs> maybe. But maybe they're saving him because they want him to work for J. Jonah Jameson. Again. <laughs> oh my god, that would have been beautiful. Yeah, like, he's, like the, the. I'm not saying that's not a place for Ted Raimi. There, like clearly a place for Ted Raimi. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine he just like comes into the office, like <laughs> yeah. Jonah, we Gee, boss, you seem much more reactionary than what you used to be. You used to be weirdly nicer. <laughs> hey, boss, Fox News called. They said, <laughs> <laughs> they said, told you to chill out. Don't know. 
You're going too hard. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's a it's an interesting uh, place to end this character. Um, you know, uh, going into that that TV show that we will not be covering. We're getting a lot of questions about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so next week we go into um, the sort of elevated horror. Before that was even a term. Yeah, right, totally. But but the sort of like elevated horror take on Evil Dead. Oh, really? Yes. The, the premise was, you know, let's try and make the movie that they were trying to make 30 years ago without the kind of unintentional camp. Right, okay. right. Well, that's the true meaning of camp, too. Right. I misused it earlier, but like the true meaning of camp is they don't mean to be amusing. Right. There's two definitions. There's the one that the true meaning... And yeah. then what most people consider camp is like people that do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, arch. Right, right, right. Yeah, the kind of more like the RuPaul, like this right. is camp. Kind of. Right, right. The, yeah, so uh, so yeah, it's going to be, that'll be an interesting one to revisit. And then um, we just got word in the last couple of episodes, we have been, uh, we didn't know if we were going to cover Evil Dead Rise immediately because originally it was supposed to come out in October. But uh, now we know it's actually getting a theatrical release oh. and opening next March. So that'll be one that we will cover um, when it opens oh, nice. next year. Yeah, looking forward to it. But, uh, but yeah, I'll be very curious what that is, where, where that one's going to fall on the barometer of like earnestness versus, you know, satire mm-hmm. sort of comedy. Well, you mentioned something earlier and it's sort of like been percolating in my head. Evil Dead translates really well to video games. Uh-huh. Yeah. Even though despite the fact that like they're not video game movies. Right. But they do a like I guess because of the camera work and the phonetic and the sort of archness of it, it does do a really good job of and also just first person killer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I sure. don't know enough about video games, especially horror games, but I would be interested to see how much games like Silent Hill or Resident Evil were inspired by Evil Dead. That's true. Yeah. Like, yeah, that would be interesting. Like chicken or the egg. I, I have a ongoing theory. Like the differences between video games and movies is not like they share the same visual language, but it's kind of like a dialect or an accent. Yeah, yeah. If you don't recognize the difference, you get something like the last two made a movie. But anyhow, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh uh, man, speaking. Uh, it reminded me of this random Uncharted story that bummed me out. Where um, <laughs> all Uncharted yeah, stories uh, bum me. Uh, there's a part where Tom Holland is investigating a room and he picks up a postcard. And he was like, oh, mate, it'd be, it'd be cool if, like, you know, when Knight finds a clue, you know, he turns it over and the camera does a thing and it goes over the, behind the shoulder. It'd be cool if you did that for the fans to see, like, you know, and I found a clue. And the director was like, no. Isn't that Ruben Fleischer? Yeah, it was like Ruben Fleischer. Same like, guy gave us Venom. Yeah. It's like, oh, it sucks to have your star be that in the weeds <laughs> and wanting to, like, call out the game with shots. Yeah. And have the director, like, just not yeah. meeting you there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we've got that topic. Oh boy, <laughs> Sam, Sam Raimi would have made a really good Uncharted movie. Yeah, maybe he could have. It's possible. Well, I've. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, I'm sure visually it would be fantastic. Visually, it'd be better than what we got. Sure. Yeah. Even if it was a worse movie, it would still be better right. than what we got. Because right. the movie we got kind of just stayed. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm almost up for Sam Raimi doing anything, though. Yeah, that's He's true. a director I love, because I think Scott and I have talked about this before. He wants to do every genre. Yeah. Well, yeah, you mentioned the Fred Astaire that, like, dance sequence thing. I would love to see a musical. Yeah, he definitely wants to do a musical. That is on his list. But there's a few others that he's like, I, I want to make everything. I want to do one of everything, because he just loves movies. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like we don't get like, a lot in big Hollywood directors. They tend to just want to do... Yeah interpretations of a genre yeah. well here's something that is crazy it's just the fact that like sam raimi's never made a comedy 
right. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> oh my god, you're right. He hasn't. Yeah, like, all his movies are fucking hilarious, but he never made a like a straight up comedy. Yeah, so fascinating. It's it's a it's a bummer that someone that loves cinema that much. Yeah, I was surprised to learn at the very beginning of this that he like didn't grow up loving horror, that he wasn't like a horror kid. And this oh, yeah, is... no, he's much more of a, a Fantastic Voyage type of guy. Right, yeah. yeah, and he made like the horror kid movies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that he's had such a constraint. No, it's, like, it's like Bruce Campbell, where it's hard to be like, oh, what could have been? Because they're legends, but right. Right. they could have done even more than they have, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, they, they also, yeah, because they're legends, but they're the legends, in fact, that they came up in a time when Hollywood's always shifting. Yeah. There were moments when like this. Tectonic shifts, mm. and they came up right about the time that I guess Weinstein was coming in. Mm. Business was coming in in a much more prominent way. Yeah, and yeah. they were like, "You want this no name to be the star?" Yeah, back when we had movie stars. But <laughs> yeah, 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 true. right, crazy. Yeah, but I'm really excited to talk about Fide Alvarez's Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this has been a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. Where, can, where can people read your stuff, Jeremiah? They can read me at thephantomentals.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like fundamentals, only we use fand. Fundamentals. <laughs> and we also, I also have a podcast, Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics. Not nearly as professional as this one is. <laughs> it's just me and a couple of my friends from Illinois as we just talk about movies. Nice. Yeah, nice. Uh, but yeah, I review, usually have one or two movies a week. Mm-hmm. Always on wow. Sunday. Not this Sunday, ironically. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Fanimentals.com, just look up for Jeremiah or look up movies and you have just, I got a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, check yeah. that out. Fanimentals. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, make sure uh, you check out uh, the Patreon, duelingsrunner.com slash support. We appreciate everyone who helps us out over there and we will be back next week with Evil Dead. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.